Welcome to another episode of the Fuel Your Fandom Podcast. My name is Saint. I want to thank you guys for coming back and joining us again. Uh, just in case anyone needs to know, basically how to get a hold of this podcast, we are on, of course, anchor.fm. Uh, if you go to anchor.fm forward slash fuel your fandom, that's kind of the homepage for the podcast. Um, from there, it'll give you all the different locations, uh, Spotify, Google, Apple, wherever we're available. Um, if you want that list on Facebook, we are on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash fuel your fandom. Uh, we have an Instagram account, Instagram at fuel your fandom. And now of course we have the new website that I have since published and it's set up and it's going, it's very, very raw and rough and still needs a lot of work because I am in no way, shape or form a website programmer. Uh, but I am working on it. It is uh, fuelyourfandom.net. That's going to have all of our podcasts eventually uploaded to it and uh, uh, through our SoundCloud page. So uh, really exciting and fun opportunity to get my name out there, get the name of the podcast out there and, and get into more ears. And uh, that's kind of what we're looking at. So, um, But enough about that. Uh, today we are talking with... Tacoma hip hop, I don't know, mogul. Mogul's not the right <laughs> word. <laughs> not yet. We work. We getting there. We trying to get there. Tacoma hip hop legend, Mr. Vaughn. How you doing? I'll take legend. I work on that. I think I've earned that. I think I've earned those stripes in Tacoma. I'm feeling good. I'm good. How you? How you feeling today, man? I'm, I'm great, man. Hey, you've been in the in the Tacoma hip hop scene for like how long have you been doing that? <sighs> I mean. I was raised in Tacoma, so I've been doing music in Tacoma my whole life. But officially, I, I guess we entered in like 2005. Okay. So, yeah. And believe it or not, as a heavy metal guy, I've actually done shows with Vaughn, yeah. uh, which is kind of an odd <laughs> pairing and odd grouping. And uh, I'm an odd artist. <laughs> as am I. So <laughs> uh, I've also got a, a huge affinity for uh, hip-hop in general and, and rap in general. So uh, it's always fun to kind of see my... Uh, my the genres that I'm into kind of cross around and yeah I think it's good man absolutely it always my my it's always been a spark for creativity you know what I'm saying when the genres can mix up so yeah I think it's always good I've never been afraid of it people shy away from that moment I've never been you know what I'm saying I'm like let's take on the challenge let's do it see what we can do absolutely it doesn't always work sometimes it, <laughs> sometimes you get some trash music out of it but you, you get know? some limp biscuit or. <laughs> <laughs> Do, pe- not, do, do people hate Limp Biscuit? I, uh, I think they're cold to it now. I think they were pretty hot back in the day. Yeah, but yeah, I mean that's that's everything. I mean they were pretty hot at the moment. I gotta say, I did listen to a, a decent amount of Limp Biscuit. So I mean, I think I just grew, I grew out of it. And maybe if they come out with something new that, that shows and demonstrates a little bit of growth, I, I think Fred Durst is the farthest thing away from doing music again. I think he's got he's he's dipping his toe in all kind of different ventures and stuff. I think I don't is, know. Is I, I haven't heard from, yeah, that's why I, that's why I, I nobody's heard from Fred Durst lately. Wonder what happened to him. I know uh, DJ Lethal's doing a bunch of stuff. Yeah, he's so. stayed active, but he was yeah. always. But yeah, I think he was always an active DJ even before. Right, because didn't, didn't he work with like House of Pain as well? I think he was with maybe I think he did Cypress Hill or something like that. It was one of the two. I think it might have been House of Pain. It might, yeah, I don't, they I don't they were kind of all sure. House yeah. of Pain, Cypress Hill. They were all kind of in the same vein. And so that was a uh, yeah, that's interesting. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't got nothing against Limp Bizkit. I, I I was a huge Linkin Park fan too. So I really liked Linkin Park. I, I actually still like Linkin. I like I listen. Like people think like I my, haven't heard anything new out of them, of course, since Chester died. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Just, obviously, they don't put out, but I, I mean, yeah, I, I still listen to their stuff. Like people, even I mean, it, it doesn't get old to me. I love 
I have a friend. I have a friend of mine that he doesn't do old music. Like he'll, he loves me. He's a huge music fan. He gets all the new music. Mm-hmm. And then once, like after he's done listening to it, whether it's a month or or a week or two months, whatever. But once he's done listening to something, he like never goes back. He to shelves it. it and he just yeah. He just always on to the new. He's just always on to the new. I was like, how how do you live? Like I love going back and listening to music. My Spotify playlist is just oh. is just. <laughs> I mean, I keep getting a new music, of course, because you updated, but. You got it. That's the thing about it. Some of my favorite musical moments is on my playlist is when I'm listening to something old and then it transitions into something new. I was like, oh, man, that's. Or like even if you listen into something new and it reminds you or sparks a memory of something old. Yeah, yeah. And, and you can kind of listen to them together. Like, what's, yeah, the, yeah. what's the name of that band right now? Uh, oh, my guitar player is going to kick me in the ass for this one. Uh, <laughs> they sound a lot like my old Led Zeppelin. Uh, and I can't think of their name. They're new. They're a new band. They're a new band. Oh yeah, I'm not gonna know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And it's gonna come to me right as soon as I stop thinking about it. We were but... just talking about that before that podcast, trying to remember band names and all that. <laughs> well, we're getting old, Bon. Our memories are a little bit uh, holy. I know, right? I have a. I, I I pride myself on having a good memory, and when it like when it comes to stuff that I'm important, I remember shit like that. But I don't. I need irrelevant band names. This is. <laughs> Come on, they're going to fall by the wayside every day. There's too many of them. There's so uh, too many of them. And, and it's funny for me because uh, um, my memory's always been spotty at best. And and uh, being a vocalist, being a lyricist, I have to remember. And, and like back in the day when I used to do, I used to be a karaoke DJ back in the day. I remembered really? <laughs> so many different songs of genres that I don't even give a shit about. And then... Like when it comes to my own lyrics, for lyrics that I put heart and soul and writing into, I still sometimes need to cheat sheet and need to go back and cue myself on my own <laughs> lyrics. And it's like, I feel like I'm cheating, but at the same time, I mean. I'll do that if I haven't heard one of my songs in a long time. Because yeah. I get me just kind of, if one of my songs pops up in my Spotify rotation, I'm like, oh man, I ain't heard this in a minute. And then like halfway through it, I'm like, oh yeah, I, I do remember these words. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. It's like, uh, there, there were a couple. Uh, times at a practice recently where uh, I may have been under the influence of a little something, something, but um, <laughs> I tried and, and, and I was kind of, I felt like I was just kind of not there, but then the music started playing and I was like immediately there and I remembered word for word the entire thing and then I went back back to being <laughs> out of my head right afterwards. And, <laughs> and then again, uh, on the other the flip side coin of that is uh, uh, they were playing this tune and they were all playing, my bass player, my guitar player, and uh, my drummer, uh, Shane James and Brandon, they were all playing this this tune, and they were playing it so well together, and it was just, it turned out to just be like a jam. They were just jamming together, <laughs> but they were playing it so well together and transitioning and hitting everything together and like perfect, and I'm like, fuck, did I forget the lyrics to something? Am I supposed to be singing here? <laughs> so I, I looked at them all, and, they, and I looked like with a glassy expression afterwards, and they're like, what's wrong? And I'm like, I just feel like I shouldn't have had lyrics to that or something. <laughs> I've been playing. I've been uh, doing some work with this band uh, called Pink Farm, out of Seattle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen. Yeah, I've seen yeah. some of your work with them. They are. Uh, it's just the most fun I've ever had working with music. I never would have considered myself. If you had it for the past ten, fifteen years, yeah, I'm not. I'm not a band guy. You can't. I can't see me working with a band. It's. I have too much. Uh, I want too much control over the music that I'm doing when I'm making music. Oh, I feel so, that. You know what I'm saying? So I never. But I never thought. With with uh with Pink Farm it's crazy because they're like a they're like a jam band but it's like the whole thing is improvisational you know what I'm saying with them mm-hmm. we I, we did the main stage at Hempfest yeah and, I heard uh, about that I saw you posting about yeah that. yeah we did the main stage main stage at Hempfest and uh 
we we winged it. The whole thing, we just went up there. Like these guys, are such, these guys are such talented musicians. They're like we're they're, they're saying okay, we're playing for forty five minutes. We get up there, and they have just like a rough, a rough. <laughs> there's no set list. It's just hey, let's start playing, and then let's see where it takes us. And for me, it's so crazy because you're flying by the seat of your pants, but it's just like, I just get to get up there and freestyle. Yeah, I was going to say. They let me just get up there and freestyle. And improvisation and freestyle is really kind of the, yeah. the cornerstone of the hip-hop community. Yeah, and that's what, that's what drew me to the band in the first place because at first I was like, oh, I, like I said, I just had no interest in being in a band. Yeah. But then they were like, no, just come in and do some vocals. Come in and do some vocals. I was like, all right. So I went up to practice one time and just had so much fun. You know what I'm saying? That I sounds mean, like fun. It, it, it helps that all the guys in the band are just totally awesome they're just really good to, I, get, I get along with all of them but it's the, the freedom it allows me doing my own sets and stuff is it's, is is its own task and i love that for what it is because it's my music it's my expression and all that right but working with these guys the the freedom i have of not having that pressure and you're saying not having to be because when you when when i you you've seen my shows my shows are really mm-hmm high energy tight yeah they're very tight you know saying and they run structured yeah and so and, and that takes a lot of work and that's a lot of a lot of pressure on me but for the um the freedom it allows me like i said to just get up and freestyle and not have to have that structure like we said my shows i love to put them together they're so organized they're so crisp they're yeah. a show you know saying i have the structure of the song list and all that and i don't ever I don't ever defer from that. I don't ever get off track. But but then right. it's like, no, just get up there. Let's just have some fun. You know what I'm saying? And it's so much. It's just it's a lot of fun, and I love working with those guys. So that's been. Uh, an I awesome can't experience. freestyle like that. My band is always start. They start jamming, and they're like, "Hey, just sit there. We're gonna play something. You write some lyrics to that." I'm like, "That's not how it works for me, man. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta sit there and wrap my head around it like six, seven, eight times." Well, and, and that's the that's another thing that I've enjoyed about working with Pink Farms because it's it's definitely sharpened. My, my, my skills on the mm-hmm. freestyle thing it's because when I freestyle usually when I freestyle I like to get into a zone and just and go and go and you know saying let's get 16 20, get 16 30 bars out you know and just keep going with this one I still do that but it's like the cadence has changed and then so it's just been I, I, the, the freedom is it has been awesome I've been I really enjoyed the experience for that that's awesome I love the fact that we're because we're, we're for those that don't know we're recording in a, in a, in a, in a, in a library in a, in, in a building and it's a public building. The library is fairly secluded. You know, saying it's not like we're, there's tons of people, but it is an open door. And we just had two people come in wondering what we were doing. We're filming a podcast, and then she offered us tickets to something. <laughs> I don't even understand what she offered us tickets to. I don't know. Is it a Tosca? <laughs> I don't know what a Tosca is. I'm gonna have to Google that. I don't but, uh, know. I was tempted just to say yes, just to see what I was going to get into. If there wasn't fights, <laughs> it could have been an adventure. It could have been an adventure, and I'm all for an adventure. You just never know. I'm going to Google, and I might. How are you can Google? I'm not even sure what she said. Tosca to Tacoma. Oh, it's an opera. Oh, I'm so glad we took the turn those down. Ooh, yeah, it's at the Pentagis Theater in uh, Tacoma. Oh, I mean, she clearly is not from here. No. <laughs> but that's interesting. That's super interesting. <laughs> Could have never, been a, never, never a dull moment when you hang with Mr. Vaughn. You never that's know right, what to expect. Right. Well, now, what I usually like to do uh, at the beginning of a podcast is kind of, this podcast is geared towards uh, feeding and fueling people's individual fandoms and, yeah. and uh, discovering... Uh, what they are um, a fan of, what they're nerdy mm. of, and just basically the, the the very definition of the word fan coming from the word fanatic. Yeah. Uh, what are you fanatical about? And, and like for me, it's very easy. It's like I'm fanatical about music, 
video games, comic books, uh, movies, shit like that. Very, very basic nerd stuff. I mean, I mean, I'm a fan of a lot more other things, but that's kind of where my focus lies, like Star Wars and Star Trek and yeah, yeah, yeah. retro video games and stuff. But what are you into? What 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 are you a fanatic of, Mr. Vaughn? My, it's, it's 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 a lot of this. It's a lot of the similar things that a lot of the things. It, it, it's crazy how the things that I'm a fan of have become so much popular things now. Mainstream, yeah, so mainstream now. Obviously, I'm still like when it comes to normal things. I'm a super fanatical football fan, especially when it comes to my Seahawks. No, the Seahawks, that's yeah, right. Of course, super, I know you about that. Yeah, yeah, I know yeah, that yeah, about yeah. you. Yeah. Absolutely fanatical about my Seahawks, and and only about my Seahawks. I like. There's other teams that I like and respect. Like I was happy for Kansas City. I'm super happy for Kansas City. <laughs> I have family. I'm, all my family's from Kansas City. My mother's from Kansas City. She was decked out in Chiefs gear the whole time. I don't own a single bit of Chiefs. I used to live in Kansas City as a child. Okay. I don't own a single bit of Chiefs gear. Let's be clear. If there was, if I was to become a fan of another team, it would be the Chiefs. So yeah, that's some of the fandom. But then, like, like you were talking about with the other fandom, uh, definitely, definitely, always been movies. Uh, the, you know, the correlation between movies, music, and video games for me have always been pretty tight knit. Right, and and as they grow, like as far as video games and and, and such go, um, it gets more and more tight-knit mm-hmm. as the technology improves yeah, yeah. because far more video games these days are much more cinematic yes they're enabled to encapsulate more live music more yeah. actual music mm-hmm. actual musicians instead of like midi art and things like that which is in its own right its own version of music but one of the studios that i uh that i frequent visit that i frequently visit one of the engineers up at the studio, he was he worked on Halo Two. He did he they, they recorded awesome. some of the score. I'm up at the studio and looking at all the different stuff and they got plaques. They got all these different plaques on the wall, platinum plaques from all the different bands that recorded there. Nice. All very cool. They have this huge it wasn't even on the wall. They had this huge poster of Master Chief from Halo <laughs> Two sitting on the ground. I was like, Yo, that's dope as fuck. Where'd you guys get that? And he's like, oh, yeah, well, they, they, we, we, we scored that here at the studio. My jaw hits the floor. Like, what the f- You guys scored Halo 2 here? So then I went and I looked it up on YouTube. And sure enough, there's video of them at the studio that I'm at on YouTube recording Halo 2. I was like, oh. That's awesome. So that's dope. Like the graphic designer that I use, um, he's making my artwork for the show. I've used him a lot for various different graphic design work. Um, he's also a comic book writer. Nice. He used to work for West End Games, uh, okay. doing writing for West End Games in the old uh, Wizards of the Coast. Yeah, Wizards and of the Coast. Then, uh, before that, and I guess he, I don't know to what extent, but I know he worked on the Halo Bible back then. Oh, you know, okay. Because when you Very do a video nice. game, you got that book that's like the encyclopedia of knowledge yeah. for everyone writing for it. And apparently, uh, I'm not sure to what degree he worked on it, but uh, Eric, my, my buddy Eric, worked on that stuff. and. It's super cool to to listen to him talk about things like that too. So I love Halo. Halo's one of my favorite games of all time. I've played yeah, every- definitely. If, if we're talking games, I put most time into uh, the original, like the original trilogy of the Halo. Yeah, games absolutely. I've played all of them. I've oh played, yeah, I've played for and, sure. I've played and beat all of them. The original trilogy are my favorite. I just I'm still playing because I just got here's my, I was behind on my gaming. I fell way behind on gaming. I had I was an avid gamer all the way up until the 360. So the Xbox 360 came out. I had okay. all the systems. I'm Xbox loyalist and, and Nintendo. I own one PlayStation. I traded my PlayStation 2 in for an Xbox. 
Pretty and, smart uh, trade. Yeah, I'm not a PlayStation. I got guy. them all, but <laughs> I'm a I'm definitely my my brother-in-law is a PlayStation guy. But um, I talk mess, but I get I get to play everything. So, <laughs> you know, uh, we'll get into that. But let me. Uh, I'm currently playing Halo Five. Halo okay. Guardian. I'm currently playing Halo Guardians. And the other day, my mother walks in and she saw that's me the one with Idris Elba, right? No, no, no. It's not uh, not Idris Elba. The dude who played uh, Luke Cage. Oh, Colton. Yeah. Oh, I like him. Yeah, it's the dude who played Luke Cage. Oh, that's cool. He plays Spartan Locke. But um. Okay. Why did yeah. I think Idris Elba? Idris <laughs> Elba's in everything these days. I he love was that. just in the. He, you know, because he was just in the. Um, he was just in that Hobbs and Shaw movie as the villain, and mm-hmm. he he had a suit in there that was like they call him Black Superman in that. movie? Yeah, he, he calls himself <laughs> that. It's, it's so funny. That's actually a hilarious movie. But um, he was in a. He had this suit on that was kind of Halo esque at some moments. It was kind of funny. That might be what it. But is. um, anyway, I'm playing Halo Guardians, and uh, my mother walks in, and I'm I'm doing Slayer. I'm, I'm on an online Slayer match, and uh, she's like. Is this is this all this game is? Is is just shooting each other? I was like, no. There's an entire story <laughs> and gameplay and all that. And she was like, really? I was like, yeah. So then I had to tell her. She had like, I had to give her like the ten minute Halo history of the whole Halo game from because that the, that's why Halo game is one of my favorites because that storyline is just it's kind so, of real deep mythology. Yes, and the storyline is so cinematic. We were talking about how games become so cinematic. The first Halo is just is so. The, just the first, right from the first yes. time that score drops. Well, the, yeah. That first of all, the music is is yeah. legendary. The Halo music is legendary. But I don't know if you remember in Halo in in Combat Evolved in the first Halo, there's a scene, there's a level. I, I call it a scene because it feels like a scene because it's so cinematic. There's a level where you first when you're first introduced to the flood, and you go in and the and the introduction is you're watching what happens through a through a camera that's on uh, one of the dead soldiers' helmets. Mm-hmm. And it's just such an epic scene, and I love it because the introduction of the flood just changes the entire. It doesn't just change the Halo game; it changes the entire Halo universe. The Halo, the flood is just they're they're the most. I just recently picked up Master Chief Collection. I need to sit down and play all them again. Well, you know they got Game Pass on Xbox now. And I got that. Now. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. they got the whole. Like I I bought the game first, and then I got Game Pass and realized it was, it was on. There. I was like, Son of a bitch. <laughs> It's always the way, but I love Game Pass. Game Pass is the is the greatest thing to come out for gaming in a because I hate I'm so opposed to paying seventy dollars for a game and then you gotta pay another seventy for all the DLC. Mm-hmm. Oh, the gaming industry needs to fix the DLC problem. You know us us gamers, that's one of the biggest problems we have to deal with. Everybody hates all the downloadable content. It's just like I got a buddy who does uh, online video game journalism. I don't know if you watch any YouTube about video gaming. Every once in a while. Uh, his name's Jim Sterling. And uh, he does something called the Jimquisition. Oh, I don't know. And he talks a lot about how rotten the AAA game market is at this point yeah. with uh, not just the uh, downloadable content and DLC, which he's a very big proponent of, you know, just sell a game as a game. Whatever happened to selling a game as yeah. a game? And uh, uh, he talks a lot about microtransactions and things like that. And, you know, it's just, it's just fucking up the video game industry. It's really, putting it really the, it's, it's really putting a black on the industry. They really need to do something about it. I, I There's agree. just certain games I'm just like, I'm not going to. The new Modern Warfare. I love Modern Warfare. I want to play it so bad. But I'm not. They have a one version that you get it's all like the download content. It's like, yes. Like, or like, no, shit. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. I can buy a damn near new system for that much. Mm-hmm. I'm just not gonna do it. I'll wait until the game comes down to price, and that's fine. If I can't play online, that's fine. That's yeah. I, I, it's just not worth it. I can't do it. That's yeah, I don't have that kind of disposable income. Yeah, nobody <laughs> does. Most people don't. 
So yeah, that that we got deep into the woods on that on that real quick. That, it happens on this <laughs> this podcast kind of when you just kind of wind your way around various different topics. But uh, but the gaming industry has been it's been like I mean that's something I've been passionate about for a, for a long time. You go back every since I remember begging for the for the Nintendo eight bit when I was a kid. I got mm-hmm. it. I remember getting it for Christmas and then progressively I've gotten either I've I've gotten it or my best friend had it and he would bring it over my house. Yeah, yeah. And we would play the system whether it be the eight bit, the sixteen bit. The, the 64. See, we're exactly the same age, too. So yeah. our, our our introductions to these video games is pretty much mm-hmm. par for the course. So I remember. I'm the same way. I remember when uh, me and my buddy Jamie, who lived in the house next to us, we both got the, the Nintendo. So we were going back to each other's house, back and forth to each other's house, playing Mario. And we had the <laughs> fucking strategy guide for Mario Brothers. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, all the thick-ass strategy guide. Oh, my God. Those <laughs> thick- we used to read those like encyclopedias. Absolutely. We had one for, uh, what was it? I think it was Banjo-Kazooie. But that game was so hard. Oh my god! They, they, I was just playing that game the other day because they brought. It was hard. They had it. They have it. All on those a, rare games. Were yes, hard. rare was the dopest manufacturer. I missed that company because they did what they did. Uh, they did the Donkey Kong Country mm-hmm. games. They, they did, did Banjo Kazooie. They did a uh, Conquer. Yes, you remember Rare did Killer Instinct too. They did oh, like the first right. Killer Instinct game. That's where, right. Uh, that was, they were, I they fucking the sucked at Killer Instinct. I was playing. See all that because I, I just recently got. Uh, I just finally recently upgraded to an Xbox One. I had been on 360 forever. Oh, yeah? And because I had stopped gaming. I had just stopped gaming for so long. I was just watching. I was just... And so now that I'm back on Xbox One, I'm just catching up on all the gaming, and I'm just like, oh, I forgot how much I missed this. That's where that Game Pass comes in real handy. <laughs> That's where Game Pass comes in. I was like, are you guys not Game Pass? Oh, I'm <laughs> loving it. Well, I bet you'd be you'd be into the Switch, too. If you're, have you ever fucked around with the Switch? No. We oh, talking about Nintendo Switch? The new Nintendo oh, yeah, yeah, Switch? yeah. No, yeah, yeah. I've, 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 I've played it once. I've played, I'm very well. I haven't got to really get into it, but I, I, I was skeptical. I enjoy it just because I can take it with me. Like, if I, if I need to go take... Take it down. I'll take the thing with me, and you know? yeah. if I got to go on a trip for work, I'll take the thing with me. And I was skeptical because uh, I didn't think it was going to be. I couldn't. I didn't think it was going to be able to keep up graphically with like the, with the Xbox. But it, and it doesn't. And it doesn't. But it's close it enough. It's close enough. Yeah. I saw one of my friends was playing 2K. Was playing 2K on it, and I was like, "Well, that looks that looks good." Yeah, it's not that bad. Of I mean, obviously, if you're gonna if you have a 4K television and you're gaming it for, <laughs> you're gonna see the difference, of course. And but. they just released a, a version of The Witcher. Uh, for the Switch, which I need to pick really? up, and uh, because I haven't gotten into The Witcher yet, I haven't. Um, it's on Game Pass too. That's also on Game Pass. Yeah, I downloaded it. I bought it. <laughs> I, I, I just haven't had the time to sync to it because the last time I sat and sank any kind of decent amount of time into a video game, uh, a story-based video game, would have been uh, Skyrim, and that was from 2011. For about three years after that, I, I I fucked around almost only with that game. I'm currently playing, and I'm and I mean when I play, I'm playing them all. I've played them all within the last three days. I'm currently playing Halo Guardians, mm-hmm. Madden 19, okay, Grand Theft Auto 5, um, City Skylines. I never played that one. That's a, it's like Sim City. Okay. Yeah, yeah, where you just build cities, and that game is super addictive. And uh, what else am I also playing? The Walking Dead. Telltale series. Oh, I, I played uh, the first chapter of that, the first the chunk first of season, that. The first season? The first season, yeah. With, uh, with, uh, with Lee? With Lee and Clementine? Yeah. Did I you finish that, that whole I series? I just finished that first uh, that first season. The first, so all five episodes? Yeah, that fucked me up. How, what, I would, spoiler I, alert? Spoiler alert, uh, <laughs> that fucked me up. How did, he, how, did, how, did, how did Lee die for you at the end? Oh, I don't remember. It's been a few years, but I played that on the Vita Oh, okay. On, on the on the PlayStation Vita, and, and I've got the rest of them. I've got the 
the Michonne. I've got the see. I haven't played Michonne. I just got done with season. I'm on. I'm on the third season now. I bought some kind of humble bundle with a bunch of zombie games in it at one point because I play a game called uh, Seven Days to Die. Oh yeah, I've seen which is uh, zombie survival like Minecraft type thing crafting game. And I played it so much on the on the the systems that I went and bought it on PC because the PC version is way bigger. And uh, so I played. That's the only reason I play games on a PC is to play that game. I have never. This has been the great debate for a lot of gamers. I've never been able to get into PC gaming because I don't like to use the keyboard. It's easier now because you can do things like set up a Steam account and then um, yeah, Steam is the shit. I like. Steam. I run it through an Xbox controller. And you can do that too. That's true. My a friend of mine who who really tried to get me into computer gaming. He had a a controller that let me. It's it's use. pretty seamless now. Like I can I can sit back, I turn the computer on, I log into the game with the mouse, I set the mouse aside, I set the keyboard aside, and I just uh, use the Steam interface to play it um with the Xbox controller and it's just like playing it on the Xbox except the graphics are way better and the story uh, there's not any story to it. It's just don't die. But the crafting aspect of it is way bigger and graphically it's way bigger and I have never seen any game. I've, I've never heard anybody say that there's a game that came out on a console that wasn't better on a computer. And yet, I well, still fact, have not. There's a reason for it. Now, Telltale, <laughs> we were talking about Telltale. Telltale was a, uh, this game, uh, Seven Days to Die, was created by the Fun Pimps, a group called the Fun Pimps. They released it on the PC, and then they gave the rights to the consoles to release it with Telltale. And then once Telltale went belly up, uh, the, they kept the rights, but they wouldn't allow the fun pimps to update it. Has and Telltale officially gone belly up as a company? They're they no did. Longer? They're back. Uh, someone bought a lot of the IP. Oh, okay. So they're probably going to make more Walking Dead. They're probably going to make more uh, of the, like the Wolf Among Us, I think is another one. I haven't of played Wolf Among Us. I just got the Batman game for Telltale. I've heard that they're going to make some more of that. Um and then they did uh, some Minecraft story. They did a Game games. of Thrones game too. I played that one. I, I played the first chapter. I never got to, and I want to finish it. It was good. I heard it was good. I, they, I didn't get to finish it. You know, Game of Thrones back is my shit the, too. Way so. back in the day, they had uh, a Back to the Future game too. Really? An episodic Back to the Future game. You know what's crazy is once I was working, um, I had a security gig that I was doing when I was still doing just regular square jobs, but uh, it wasn't that long ago. Excuse me, and I got some to, of us still have to do regular square jobs. And I got to, um, I got to, I was working at PAX. Oh, okay. Up at uh, Seattle, and there was the year the fir- I did it two years. The first year I was there was the first year the uh, Xbox One and the PS4 were coming out. Okay, that was a big year. Yeah, it was a huge year. It was a huge year. But that was also the I, I, I'm kind of getting I'm getting the years confused, so I'm not sure which year was which. But one year was the same year. Um, Telltale had just came out with Walking Dead series that year. Okay. And you remember that game, uh, Dead Island? I played the shit out of Dead Island. Dead Island was... I, I played the shit out of Dead Island, so I never finished it. I didn't get to finish it. There were two, and or there was Dead yeah, there's Island, two of them. and then Dead Island, Riptide. Riptide, yeah. And then there was this big, long, cinematic trailer for this second one that looked like it was like the fucking virus had made it to the mainland, and... Like in L.A. and all that shit. And really? It was supposed to be huge and then nothing. Radio silence. The game never came out. So that first, do you remember the first trailer for Dead Island that showed the hotel and that showed the little girl? 
and then, dead on the street, and because the whole then the set to that hip hop beat. With but that, the whole thing takes place in reverse. The whole the the first trailer for Dead Island it's it's an epic trailer. It takes place in reverse, and it shows this dead girl. I think it shows with this dead girl on the sidewalk, and then it verses. It shows her falling out the hotel window, and she was getting chased by a zombie. And it was it's crazy. That's what hooked me. That's what made me want to play the game. And then the game itself was. I, I vaguely remember that. Yeah. I mean, I was I liked. Here's the thing about Dead Island. I liked it. But to me, that's why I didn't finish it because at some point, and even when the game expanded and you get off of the resort and you get into the main part of the city, mm-hmm. I was like, this bit it started to get repetitive. It is, and it's it just started to get repetitive. It's and I was button like, mashing. Yeah, and- yeah. And you, I like upgrading your weapons. I like that. I had the shocker uh, machete. You saying as soon as you could sh- chop zombies in the shocker at the same time. The game is very creative. And I, the same thing with Dead Rising too. If you've ever played I the like, Dead Rising, game. that's exactly the same thing with Dead Rising. That's the one where they come at you in the hordes with just hundreds of them. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're yeah. in a fucking mall. Yeah, yeah, you're in a mall. Yeah, that game. It's, the game is less about that game survival gets super repetitive. About, yeah. Oh my god, that's I thought because there was customization. Yeah, I thought it was more to it, and at some point I was like, "This is it." No, this is pretty much the end of the game. I was like, "This, oh, come on, I need something." Yeah, see, in those games, you can you can whack those games done in about fucking like four hours. Five yeah, hours. And there's like, not much of a story mode. There's not, and then, here's the thing. That's weird because. Those games are fun, but mm-hmm. as a game company, you cannot turn around and charge somebody forty dollars for that game. Yeah, Don't yeah. charge me forty dollars for a game that I'm gonna beat in a day. Yeah, and doesn't has very limited replay value. Yeah, you got to go back and you got to look at games like uh, like back on the Nintendo. They have a thing called Nintendo Hard, which yeah. I don't know if you've ever heard of that concept, but it's a uh, back in the day Nintendo uh, Nintendo games and eight bit games in general are supposed to be these simplistic. Uh, non-graphically superior, but like simplistic type games. But yeah. You got your games like Mega Man and you got your games like Castlevania, uh, things like that, uh, the original Metal Gear, these games that are so super complicated and so super hard mm-hmm. that I've there's hardly been ever any games on the next gen systems where that make me want to fucking throw a controller at a wall. And like the the original <laughs> Mega Man. Mega Man. And you used to be able to upgrade upgrade his little arm weapon and all mm-hmm. that. Oh, it was that game was awesome. I and st- it was super hard. I've never loved a game more and hated a game, yeah, that more game was really at the hard. same time. But the game was really hard. But yeah, games <laughs> games need to focus, I feel like and, and I love how we've gotten on a bent about video games, but uh video games need to focus on I think now when they're more cinematic like they are um, they need they run a risk of becoming more quick time events Mm -hmm. and less actual video gaming and so finding a video game that is still a pleasant mix of you know the you got games like Uncharted that are very cinematic but still feel very much like a video game yeah Um, you got I like I said I played the shit out of some Skyrim Skyrim is is absolutely medieval. No, I have some. No, some yeah. of my friends were in, completely in love with Skyrim. I had a friend who was he he couldn't stop talking about how much he loved Skyrim. I lost so many hours. I bought that game like five times. Because yeah. I the the, the whole um, Skyrim, Elder Scrolls, all those games, I've never been able to get into them. And I, there's just certain. I mean, you know, with, with gamers, mm-hmm. and that's the, because there's not to say those games are good or bad. I'm not here because I've never played them. Yeah. But there's just some games that I'm just as a gamer, you can't play everything. You See, can't I'm the play same everything. way with uh, Fallout because Bethesda made. Uh, I never played Oblivion. My intro to um, the Elder Scrolls games was through Skyrim, mm-hmm. and I lost. That was a lot of people's hundreds of hours into that yeah. game. <laughs> I tried to go back and play Oblivion afterwards, and I couldn't do it. It was too antiquated. But like 
And then I'm like, people are like, oh, if you like Skyrim, jump in and play some Fallout. It's mm-hmm. like Skyrim with guns. And I'm like, all right, I'll give it a shot. And so I went into Fallout thinking, okay, it's made by the same company. It's going to have a lot of the same mechanics. It's just going to be a different environment. I couldn't get into it. Yeah. And I just couldn't get. And I, I tried with Fallout Three. I tried with Fallout Four. I just couldn't. Yeah, Fallout's another game. Fallout's another game that I haven't really been able to get into. There's there's games like that. Like um, again, even Uncharted. But that's mostly because it's on a PlayStation game. Well, yeah, I haven't played that. In my opinion, the two, the uh, systems used to have exclusive games that were epic and awesome. You know what I'm saying? I feel like the the the, uh, the two systems, PlayStation, Xbox, they only have. In my opinion, there's only like two exclusive titles that I think are worthy of being exclusive titles. God of War, God of War is one of them. Oh my on, god! On players, that game is fucking epic. And oh, I yeah. again, I'm not a PlayStation fan, and I can't even. That game is fucking epic. Kratos is an awesome character. Oh yeah. And then the other one is The Last of Us. I think The Last I've of Us. I've never gotten all the way through that game. The Last of Us is a great game. It's gorgeous. It's a great. It's a great game. It's a great storyline. It's gonna. It's gonna pull it. It's a great game. But and then on the Xbox, the only two games, and I think they're f- fairly similar, the only two games that I think are great for exclusive for Halo, Halo and yeah. Gears of War. See, I haven't played the new Gears of War, but yeah, I like the I haven't ones. played 5 either. I haven't played 5. It's on but, Game Pass. Yeah, it's on Game Pass. I'm, I'm going to get to it. Right <laughs> now. I'm going to get to uh because you know they just put Grand Theft Auto Five up there, yeah, so and you're that's you're that, done. That's a long ass <laughs> game. There's a lot. You to know what's game. crazy is because I beat Grand Theft Auto Five when it was on the 360. And then the Xbox One came out, and they brought it out on Xbox One, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh, I have, I'm not going to play it again on Xbox One." And but then they came out, but then they came out with the online version. I was like, "Oh, I gotta get it again, damn it!" So this, I'm halfway through it. I'm, be, I'm halfway through my <laughs> my second playing of Grand Theft Auto. I don't even remember where I left off on that one. That hey, game right is after so you pick ridiculous. up that redneck dude. I love Trevor. He's the Trevor, so. Here's yeah. the thing about it: the first time you play that game, and you have the con- first of all, shouts out to Rockstar for bringing the concept of switching characters. Mm-hmm. Just made that game so much better because it had kind of become a little stale between Grand Theft Auto three, three and, and four. Yeah, yeah. between you just it's the same thing. You're going around car, but the addition of the extra switching characters made that game so much fun. And then and I love that every time you switch between the characters in real time, they're still doing shit. Yeah. So you switch back to him, you never know what they're doing. And every time you switch back to Trevor, he's doing the craziest shit. Just some heinous redneck Just shit. One time I switched back to him, that's the infamous one that everybody knows. It was uh, Scooter Buddies. One time you switch back to him, he's just on a scooter chasing some random dude on a scooter down the freeway yelling, hey, we're Scooter Buddies. Woo, we're Scooter Buddies. I'm like, <laughs> this game is too much. Yeah, I might need to get back into that one, huh? I have so many different systems and so many different games. It's really hard to focus. Like you, you, you're trying to get back into gaming, so you got like one big focus. You got like one or two games you're trying to play. I got like <laughs> every system, and I'm trying to figure out what's the ones to play on each system. Like I, I've been fucking around with uh, uh, Star Wars: Fallen Order. Oh, Jedi see, Fallen Order. That's a good one, and that's a game that I want to play. But again, I'm just I, first of all, I can't afford to buy it because it's, it's a seventy dollar out the out the out brand new. I'm yeah, just like, I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it. But yeah, it, well, it's about goddamn time EA got a Star Wars game right because they was, fucked up with Battlefront both times. So here's the thing. I'm glad you mentioned that because I have I have Battlefront too, right? And I've started to play, but I so I played it and then I played the campaign for ten minutes and I was like. <laughs> I'm not enjoying this. What's the, and I've, I've, I bought it and I still I've, I've played around with it like 
half an hour, and I'm yeah. like, oh, this is not for me. I was, and I was like, yeah, what's wrong with that? I, th- I thought this game was supposed to be good, and it's just not. I try to give Star Wars the benefit of a doubt, but, I mean, like with EA, they've fucked the franchise over so I many mean, Star times. Wars, when, when was the, if he, when so was the heard, last good Star Wars game? I was just about to say that, because I've yeah. heard Fallen Order is great. Fallen Order is great. It's, I got, loved, it's not like 100%, but it's like, it's a solid 85%. I actually really liked The Force Unleashed. I like love the Force I love Unleashed. Both games. those games. Both of those games. Those were, were the last two I think that had any kind of traction. <laughs> yeah, and then before that, you have to go all the way back to Knights of the Old Republic. Knights of the Old Republic, and maybe like back to the '64. You get your Shadows of the Empire. Yeah, Shadows of the Empire. Yeah. Knights of the Old Republic. When I first played Knights, of the, because I heard a friend of mine was like, "Oh, you got to play Knights of the Old Republic," and I was like, "I'm not really into RPGs like that, though. I'm not into turn-based. I hate turn-based." I wasn't games. either, but I got into I it. I didn't, but Knights of the Old the Republic. The story changed. was compelling. Yeah, the story was just so. And, and supposedly they're making a movie about it. Yeah. So like, that was the rumor. The rumor was the new trilogy. Now that they're done, so we can transition into movies, I guess. Absolutely. The rumor was the new trilogy is supposed to be old republic based yes uh and 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 i heard that uh kathleen kennedy has say basically said that they're going to slow down uh the cinematic universe for star wars now that they've seen what the television side of star wars can do that they're going to slow down and focus and not be like movie every year okay so full 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 disclosure and i'm going to get chastised for this Uh i have not seen Rise of Skywalker yet. Okay. I have not. And, and, and I'm mad at myself because I've seen every Star Wars film since Empire mm-hmm. in theaters. With the exception, I didn't see Solo in theaters, but I saw every other Star Wars. Every I've Skywalker seen, every, movie. Every other movie. I saw Rogue One in theaters. By the way, I think Rogue One might be, Rogue my, was fucking might awesome. be my favorite <laughs> Star Wars movie of all Everyone time. asked me, like, because everyone's got, like, a in like in Star Trek, they're like, what's your favorite ship or who's your favorite captain? Or, yeah. In Star Wars, it's like, oh, well, who's your favorite droid? And I'm like, oh, K2SO yeah. from, from Rogue One. <laughs> Voiced by Alan Tudyk, yes. uh, one of my absolute favorite character actors. Yes. And... Just such a sarcastic it was asshole so of a droid. It was so great. And then, I love and it. then had the most epic death ever. Yeah. Spoiler I alert. I fucking almost cried. <laughs> it's like, the, God damn it, no. <laughs> but then the Battle of Scarif. Oh, my God. That was intense. God. It was so intense. intense. I loved everything about it. I loved Fucking the, Donnie Yen going out there. Yes. Just, but the scene when the when the uh when the rebels, when the rebels got their X wings through the shield, and they actually had air support for the ground, I was like, "Fuck yes, get him!" Get him. It was a real, <laughs> I was, yes, I was invested. I don't know how long it been since I've been invested in a Star Wars battle. I loved it, and I, here's, I've loved the new. I like the new trilogy. I Vision, do too. Here's I, the thing about it: there's not, for me, you can't do. A, when I say you can't do a bad Star Wars movie, because as long for me, mm-hmm. as a fan, as long as you give me visual appeal. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be satisfied right. because the story for me is always going to be hit or miss. There's going to be things I like. There's going to be things I don't. Right. That's been every Star Wars See, film. And, and I'm so glad to hear you say that because I've been talking about it a lot and, and I feel like I talk about it enough to where I get sick of hearing my own self say it. <laughs> but I've been talking to people about since my very first episode was about toxic fandom. Yeah. And so Star Wars is one of the most toxic oh, fan communities the out there. Worst. Star Wars fans are the worst. But I used to be one. <laughs> and so I'm really trying hard to diversify myself from that, yeah. to break away from that mold and really just to find something in everything that I can like. Yeah. Like I can go in and say, okay, Last Jedi had some missteps. 
But you cannot possibly tell me that that throne room battle wasn't absolutely uh, badass. Uh, the other thing, and there's, and like you said, the fandom has gotten to the point where it's like, man, it's okay to criticize certain things, and it's okay to like certain things. That's what you're supposed to do. But don't shit on it. You for don't got You don't have to be like, oh, it's the worst thing ever, and you're a piece of shit for. It's, come on, it's really, <laughs> is it really that serious? Because you're right. Let me tell you my reaction. This is my reaction to the Last Jedi, pretty much entirely. I'm sitting in the theater like. What the fuck is going on with this Canto Bite shit? This is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. The mm-hmm. entire Canto Bite storyline in The Last Jedi. This seemed kind of shoehorned in. Yeah, and, it, and it's completely irrelevant. They don't help at all. It's a complete waste of time. Right. Nothing in that help. It's 45 minutes that you completely remove from the movie, <laughs> and the movie would not change. Exactly. But on top of that, the throne room scene mm-hmm. when he kills and he and they and then it goes to slow mo and they're back to back and you're like oh they're about to fight the Praetorian guards together, let's go. Like when, I, he, when he caught that lightsaber and just ignited yes, it into that guy's head right yes, behind him, that oh, shit was tight. But when the scene started and I I, I stood up in the theater, <laughs> opening night, it was opening packed theater and I was like yes, yes, and then to follow that up with one of the most epic scenes ever in a Star Wars film where she light speeds the ship through the entire fleet. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was in the theater again. The Holdo maneuver? Yes, the Holdo maneuver. I was in the theater visual. This is why this when because the, the theater goes silent. You hear that I was like, Woo! With the loudest Ric Flair, <laughs> the loudest Ric Flair you'll ever hear in a theater full of people that were and here's the thing. If I go to a movie on opening night, whether it's Star Wars and mm-hmm. Avengers movie, I want your theater to be active. Yeah, you want when people shit, to be getting into yes, that shit. When shit happens, fucking emote. Absolutely. That's what we're here for. Absolutely. And I did the same thing uh, with the new movie uh, when I went and saw Rise of Skywalker. No spoilers. I, I haven't seen it yet. Thank I won't you. spoil it. But there, um, again, it's not a perfect movie. Yeah. And I sat and I read the treatment that Colin Trevorrow had for it, and mm. it was actually really good. It would have made a hell of a good movie. It's not what we got. Yeah. So you just kind of got to work with what you got. But I didn't mind it. In fact, there were, and and I tell people this, there were three separate moments in that movie that made me cry. Like literal tears coming out my eyes. And then there was one moment where I actually whooped out loud. like Not like a Ric Flair. (laughs) I didn't get all crazy with it. It it popped on the screen and I'm like, yeah, God. My kid looks at me like... What's wrong with you, man? We're in a theater. See, this is the thing I have to... I have a problem. When it comes to going to movies with me, especially movies like that with high fandom, you've got to understand that I'm going to be vocal. And I don't mean... I don't talk at the screen, but there's... I'm going to be like, oh, shit! Or when something goes... So, for example, Avengers Infinity War. Okay. Thor's entrance into Wakanda. One of the most epic moments in the MCU. When he just period. fucking lightnings in yes. there. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. And the, I love it because the whole shot of Rocket standing on his shoulder, he hops off with the gun. All of it. It's just so epic. Badass. It's just badass. So obviously, first night in theater, opening night, Thursday opening night, the preview shows. We're watching it. When that shit hits, I almost fall out of my chair with <laughs> excitement. That was the same way for me right when... Uh, when fucking uh, in Endgame, 
when the hammer flies into the scene in Endgame <laughs> and it flies back and it's in Cap's hand. Yes. I'm like, fuck. See, yes. I was see. Here's the thing. I was super hyped about that, of course, but I knew that was coming. So it I had was, to. Yeah, it was. It was the only thing because he budged it. Yeah. You know, he budged it back in uh, Civil War. You know, in uh, uh, Age of Ultron. Age of Ultron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, he no, budged yeah. that shit, and everyone's like, "You saw Thor's eyes kind of go." Oh. <laughs> You know what I love? You could have picked that fucker up anytime. Right? I've seen Endgame probably six times now. You know what I love about that whole scene is after. <laughs> it just shows when how. When they swap hammers. But it just shows how angry. No, it just shows how angry and bitter Thanos is the entire time. When Cap grabs the hammer and Thor says, Ha ha, I knew it. Thanos fucking kicks the shit out of him into a bunch of rocks and I laughed my <laughs> ass off. I was like, Thanos was like, shut the fuck up, Thor. You ain't doing shit. <laughs> He's got a new threat. Oh, yes. No, that, that movie was great. And, and see, that's where a lot of these uh, these films now, like a lot of filmmakers are coming out now and, and, and talking shit about like the MCU. Yeah. Uh, talking about how they're not real films or franchise films. You can name it. Was, like, it was Scorsese and it was Co- it was Coppola. Oh, yeah. Scorsese and Coppola. God, God. I two, love Scorsese. I two love filmmakers Coppola. that I'm, yeah, that I that are basically gods. Get over yourselves. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, you guys are old as shit. <laughs> you guys are old as shit. And this is not even a slight because I've seen... As much as I love Avengers Endgame, guess what? I love The Irishman just as much. I've seen The Irishman. I was going to ask if you'd seen that. I've seen The Irishman three times. That's a long time. Before that's the, a lot of time. That's a lot of time. Yes, because it's a long ass movie. I saw it once. It's but like I've three seen the movie and a half three times. Long. But here's the thing about it. Outside of, I'm a cinephile. Period. I, I love movies. Absolutely. I love movies. So. Scorsese, I was raised on Scorsese before there were comic book films. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I was raised on, I was raised on Mean Streets, on Raging Bull, on Fucking Goodfellas, Taxi Driver, Taxi Driver Casino, you know what I'm saying? Casino, all that, all that. The Departed, Shutter Island, oh, I love the, Departed. the Aviator. All of, I Scorsese has, in my opinion, Scorsese has not done a bad movie. Right. He's done movies that are better than others. Right. But he's not done a bad movie because he's not a bad because filmmaker. he's not a bad filmmaker. But he's old. And he's opinionated. Yeah, and he's and of course as he should be. He's old, but, and here's the thing, Scorsese. I have more. I I understand where Scorsese was coming from with his comments, but Francis Ford Coppola was just bitter, and that's a man that you haven't had a hit movie in twenty years, so you need to shut the fuck up. I'm trying to remember. Was it Coppola or was it Scorsese's daughter? Like for Christmas, wrapped all of his gifts in fucking Marvel wrapping paper. <laughs> One of them just trolled him hardcore. I forget who the fuck that, it was. That's hilarious. I saw that article and I about cried. Francis Ford Coppola, you still owe everybody an apology for for The Godfather Three. That's all it is. Yeah, everybody, an apology for the Godfather Three. Yeah. And on that note, we're gonna take a quick commercial break, and uh, <laughs> when we come back, we'll continue talking about movies. I think we just hit on something. We can't stop talking about it now. So uh, stick around. We'll be right back. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one convenient place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right, and we're back with Mr. Vaughn. 
Tacoma hip hop impresario. <laughs> we still here? We still hanging? We're still here. And uh, so uh, let everyone. Uh, it's it's uh, Sweatbox Entertainment. Yeah. Yes, Sweatbox Entertainment. Where can we find you online? Uh, you know what? Online, obviously the Facebook page. You can check us out. Facebook, uh, sweatboxentertainment.com, facebook.com, whatever on the fan page. But the <laughs> website, we're actually working on getting the new website up and running right now where we're going to have all the um, centralized services because we're working on uh, the couple things we got working on before we get back into movie talk. A couple <laughs> things we got working on is the uh, Slice of Hip Hop concert series oh, yeah. that we're expanding on that. That started out as a, just a local series. It just started out with local acts that we had put on. And uh, it was just a display for local acts, and we starting to expand now. We're bringing up some national acts. We brought up uh, yeah, who was the last one? That, I, I was going to go to that show. We brought up Crooked Eye, King, King. We brought up King Crooked. He's yeah, a, yeah, he's, yeah. A, he's a friend, and that was actually shouts out to my guy King Crooked, who's been just nothing but a stand up dude. That's we awesome. have a we have a relationship, a business relationship, and that's that's developed into a semi friendship for ten years now. Mm-hmm. Um. He was super gracious enough to be on my album. He was on my second album. That's awesome. And uh, ever since then, he's just been like, yeah, man, if you need something, just hit me up. And so we did a... Where's he based out of? He's out of California. Oh, okay. Out of, he used to be signed to Death Row. That's awesome. Used to be signed. He's told me so many great stories about being on Death Row with That's Snoop awesome. and Nate Dog and all that. Rest in peace, Nate Dog. So, yeah, he's told me so many. I mean, he still has his Death Row chain. That's incredible. The original Death Row chain. Because like I said, I, I listened to a lot of hip hop. And, yeah. and back in the day, Death Row was one of the big ones. Yeah, you know? I mean, it's crazy. That, Snoop, Tupac, I don't, Dre. I, that's the thing I about mean, it. When I talk, when, dog. talking to Crooked is I'm not jaded on the history that I'm talking to. Like, say he knew Pac. You're talking to somebody that knew fucking Tupac. That's incredible. That's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he—that's insane. You said so. Yeah, th- that's that's been a, a business relationship and a friendship that I'm just honored to have and I don't take it for granted but he's gonna be um, he's been a helping factor in helping us get the next slice of hip hop concert off the ground so we're That's gonna awesome. try to we're, we're trying to do that we're gonna look to bring up another big west coast artist uh, I'm not just naming no names because it's not solidified yet but uh, yeah we'll go. see we'll see when it comes out so that's the business side of that but uh, <laughs> the thing about which will transition back into the movie talk because um, he also Crooked Eye also hooked me up with his publicist. And so she's been awesome about helping and working with uh, just getting some exposure for the music, you know what I'm saying? Awesome. And I really wanted to get, I have two songs in particular that I really want to focus on getting placement for like movie placement and video games. So she was like, yeah, yeah, I can help you with that. I was like, that oh, would work? be incredible. I was like, yeah. So, Cause then I could be like, I fucking know that guy. That's <laughs> awesome shit. <laughs> well, I have the song, uh, I have a song that I did called Stay Strong. Which is like one of my fucking favorite songs, and I and I did a couple of promo videos for it, and all that they've gotten. Is that one on your Spotify? Yeah, it's on the Spotify. It's on so, my, it's on the Planet Sweatbox album. So we're gonna, and I have that album. I think I have that one autographed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, we're gonna play a sample of that right here. Okay, so now I said it. It's time to go and get it and put your hustle where your mouth is. You won't regret it. My reputation's vetted. My resume's authentic. Cause in this hip hop sh, I've been committed. It's time we benefited. I need my city on. You in the line, my n- But damn, that bitch is long. So still I carry on. Cause winners never quit. And quitters never win, I'm standing as a champion And it's the first part of one story told Before it's said and done, believe they're gonna test your soul You know that's one thing that I believe You can't stop me from chasing my dreams 
I did a couple of um, I did a couple of promo videos with that. One of them I did for uh, uh, I did a Bernie Sanders political promo video for the, with the Stay Strong song, and, and that shit awesome. was crazy. It was getting retweeted by a gang of people. A couple celebrities retweeted it, like yeah, fucking <laughs> Bernie Sanders. And then I did a Russell Wilson uh, video at the beginning of season, at the beginning of the last season, and that shit was like yeah, that shit got like ten. So between the, the videos and the, and the song, that song's gotten like a hundred thousand views that's awesome and that's awesome that's like yes so that's the and then i got a couple other songs that i want to do but placement is where it's at because i'm movies it's like movies nowadays because it used to be a song would get popular and, and then, then it would get, get put on and the then it gets put in the soundtrack yeah but nowadays you know like the songs are just getting put you get getting popular being, being put on movies like oh i heard that song in a movie that's the only reason i heard that because that's like 21 pilots i'd never heard of 21 pilots before and then that suicide squad movie yes ex- that's ex- that's 100 yeah. percent. and um heathens is a fucking awesome song yeah. i absolutely love heathens i'm not a fan of that of that band as in gen- as a general rule i've listened to some of their stuff but heathens I'm no that's it. I'm I was, into it. that's just i was just about to say that 21 pilots i'm not i haven't heard much of much else from them that I'm crazy about. They've had some okay songs, but first time I heard Heathens, I was like, yo, this song goes. I like that. This is perfect for a soundtrack. And actually, that's where I was introduced to Rick Ross. I should have known more about Rick Ross before. Really? Then, yeah, because he had the song, uh, what was it, Purple, Lamborg- Purple Lamborghini? Purple Lamborghini. Yeah, on the, on, the, on the soundtrack. That's a good song, too. That Suicide Squad soundtrack is, is, is very was good. was way better than the movie. <laughs> It was. How do you, did you, did you, what do you feel, what did you feel about Suicide Squad, Squad overall? Uh, Greta Van Fleet, by the way, I had to look it up. The band that sounds like uh, Van Halen, or not oh, Van that's Halen, a, but uh, like Led Zeppelin. Yeah. Greta Van Fleet, very new band, very young, but they've got such an old sound. I've never, really, I'm about really to cool. check them out. I'm I'm sure you you said they sound like Led Zeppelin too, huh? Yeah. Wow. Um, now, Suicide Squad. Oh, God. I got some very mixed feelings on it. Like, okay, so Jared Leto. <laughs> No, you weren't with it. You weren't with it. I wasn't here for. Okay, I'm not here for gangster wannabe Joker. I'm sorry, I don't care. (laughs) I know he's method. I know he was trying to go a specific direction with that. I wasn't feeling it. You know what my thoughts on that were? I mean, it didn't. It didn't work. I liked Will Smith as Deadshot. I liked him a lot more than I thought I would. He was. He was one of the highlights. I liked Margot Robbie. Um. I didn't even mind, uh, was it Jai Courtney who played uh, Captain, Captain Boomerang? Boomerang? Yeah. I liked him. There was a lot I liked about that movie. Yes, there was but a lot to like about that there movie. There was a lot that was not to like about that movie. The whole <laughs> Enchantress thing, I didn't really Terrible. get Terrible. Here's the thing about it. They were they started out strong with Enchantress. That first scene where she's working with, where she's in the room with the government. Yeah, and she does with the Waller. Thing. Yeah, and she does the will. thing yeah. where, where, the, where, where the hand flips. I know you can't see it. I'm on, 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 on podcast. But they do, a, they do a scene where the hand, where the Enchantress hand comes out from under the table and that's how she turns. That's a 
vision. Awesome. Yes, it's an awesome vision. And yeah. it's a great introduction to the character. Right. But then yeah, they just they just fucked it up. They just turned that. her into like monster. Yeah, at the end of the thing, at the yeah. end of the at the end of the movie, she's doing the dance and she's the, yeah. <laughs> and they're fighting her. Oh, it was terrible. It was terrible. But you know what? Here's what because I saw Suicide Squad in theaters also. As did I. And in my first ten minutes of watching Suicide Squad, I was so on board with it. The whole scene of Joker and Harley Quinn trying to get away from Batman and all that. I was like, yes, this, this is awesome. I I'm here for all of that. And here's my, my, my thoughts on Jared Leto as a Joker. It didn't work. Obviously it didn't work, No, but I felt like he didn't really get a fair chance because apparently there was so much of him that was not in the film. Yeah. So I feel like he, and now, and then we're never going to see it now because Joaquin Phoenix came in and was just like, he "Hey, watch, watch what I do!" <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! Did Joaquin Phoenix walk away with that ball? That movie was insane. Yeah. <laughs> but and then we got uh, our rotating cast of Batman. Now we got uh, Robert Pattinson coming in as the Batman. So here's the thing about Robert Pattinson coming He's in as Batman. He's a good actor. I have never seen a Twilight film in my life. I've never seen I one of them. Have, I, I, here's no, the first no one. I love vampire movies, but I was nothing, there was nothing about, everybody was like, oh, it's a book series. I was like, ah, mm. doesn't look like it's for me. <laughs> so I've never seen any of this. So I don't know anything about Robert Pattinson other than a couple of the indie films that I've seen him in. And he was great in those. He was in Harry Potter for like 10 minutes. Yeah, he was in Harry Potter. That's right. He was in Harry Potter. He got murdered. Yeah. But uh, he was the first death in Harry Potter. Wasn't God he? Wasn't he, the f- wasn't he the first character to die in Harry Potter? Uh, first uh, Hogwarts student. Yeah, first Hogwarts student yeah. died, right? Yeah. But um, yeah, I don't know. I'm currently in the middle. As a matter of fact, I, I was watching a little bit of it before I came down here to meet with you. I'm currently in the middle of watching The Lighthouse. With I've him and um, him and Willem Dafoe. William I've and William Dafoe. really good things about that. So here's the thing. The dude who did that, first of all, A24, the studio that released that film, mm-hmm. when it comes to doing horror films, they are on another level. A24 they have and then Bloomhouse are the two big yeah, ones right but, now. Yeah, but I mean, and Bloomhouse does great films too, but A24, their horror films, at least for me, they leave a very strange taste in your mouth. They just, <laughs> they sit with you for a while. Three, three films, excuse me, three films in particular, The Witch, okay. Hereditary, and Midsommar. I don't think I've heard or seen any of those. Oh my god! I've seen about them. I haven't yes, three films, them. all horror films that I was just like, after watching those movies, I was like, these are some really dark films. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing about Midsommar is, it's a super dark film. The whole film takes place in daytime. There's no, I think there's like one scene that takes place at night, but the whole scene takes place. The whole and it's just a dark film, dark film. Right. So. When I started, I heard the lighthouse was one of those type of films, so I started watching it. And I'm halfway like psychological through fuck up. Film yeah, I'm halfway through it, and I'm just like, oh my god, a twenty four. You guys have got to stop making these crazy ass movies. <laughs> but they're a successful movie. But um, yeah, that's a. I just saw that you you, t- you like to put on reactions to trailers and everything. Right? I do. I love doing my trailer reactions. Have I you love. seen the trailer for Spiral yet? That's the new, is that the new Saw? Mm-hmm. I saw. Here's the they thing. They call it the next chapter in the book of Saw. So I saw that it. I saw that it was up, and then I saw that Chris Rock was in it. He peed it. But I he, really. Yeah. Hmm. It's like very much his movie. I have not seen the trailer yet, though. I have not seen the, the last I trailer. Say I, I'm, I'm interested. I'm yeah. I'm, I'm super interested. I haven't been interested in a Saw movie since like Saw Three. Yeah. Right. What, and it, I'm into it. The last yeah. The Saw franchise got so ridiculous, <laughs> but the first like three Saw movies were great. They were super great. Yeah, I saw the first three in the theaters. 
But then after that, it's just like, uh, are we still fucking You know, here? I'm trying to think. The last horror film I saw in theaters, that's a great question. I don't remember the last horror film I saw in theaters. I don't see a lot of horror in I don't theater. see a lot of horror films in I don't have anyone to go with. Nobody yeah, wants yeah, to yeah, see it a horror said, movie. I'll go, I, yeah, that's the thing about it. I don't, I'll go to like a comic book movie by myself. I'll see that by myself. But yeah, you don't go to a horror movie by yourself. Well, I got kids. They're not, not going <laughs> to go see no horror movie with me. So. My wife's sure not going to be into it, so. It'll I just saw going it. by myself. It's like, fine, I'll just wait till Redbox. What'd you think about the trailer for um, Ghostbusters Afterlife? Have you seen that one? Oh, boy. Okay, so. Yeah, you would ask about Ghostbusters. <laughs> Fuck. Okay, so I'm a huge fan of Ghostbusters 1, Ghostbusters 2 back in the day. Yeah, of course. Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Harold Ramis. I'm a huge fucking fan of Ghostbusters. I didn't even mind, and I'm going to catch so much shit for this. I didn't even mind Paul Feig's Ghostbusters reboot. With the girls. With the girls. Yeah. With, uh, I forget all their names. Kate McKinnon and, and uh, Melissa McCarthy. Melissa McCarthy. Fucking Leslie Jones. Yeah. And I forget. There's another one. I forget her name. But, I don't know uh, who the third, fourth one is. There is a fourth. Who was the fourth girl in that? Kristen Wig. Was it Kristen Wiig? I think oh, it, it is Kristen Wiig. You're right. Yeah. It was Kristen Wiig. And that's Took so, me a second. I have a huge crush on Kristen Wiig. I think she's <laughs> smoking hot. Dude, and I've got a... Th- I don't know. I don't have a crush on her, but I've got a thing for, for Kate McKinnon because I truly believe she can encompass any character she tries. She's super talented. Just from her Saturday Night Live She's shit. super talented. She's cracking and, me up. And uh, I didn't even mind that one. And that movie got so shit on. And, and I mean, and it wasn't great like the originals that movie but got, it, it had some good decent moments that movie it. got completely shut on when i went into that movie they was fucking so chase leslie jones off of facebook and off of twitter that movie got so critically destroyed that when i watched it i was like oh this movie's gonna be a disaster and like you said when it was yeah, over i was like, like it was okay it was that bad? what was the big deal it wasn't that bad People get really precious about the shit that they are into. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that toxic borders, fandom. That borders right, right into toxic fandom. Yeah. And, and and like I said, you got to kind of let go and, and try to lean into it and find if you if you want to watch it uh, for nostalgic's sake and see what it can do to add to it. Yeah. Do that. Don't go into it like shitting on people who like it in the first place. That being said, I did watch the trailer. Obviously, the moment it dropped for Ghostbusters Afterlife. And it's kind of in the same vein for me. I'm really curious to see what they do with it. And I've heard that, you know, we're going to have Dan Aykroyd and Bill Murray and and Henry Hudson make appearances as their original characters. Not like they did in not like they did in the the Ghostbusters reboot. Yeah, but uh, we're actually going to get, you know, not Egon, of course. He's Deceased, rest, rest in, in peace, peace, Harold Ramis. Yes, yeah. rest in peace, Harold Ramis. But we're gonna get Vankman and 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 Winston and and uh, stance back in whatever capacity they're gonna be in. And obviously, this movie is a big passing of the torch. Yeah. Because let's face it, Bill Murray, they're getting a little long in the tooth. Still a legend. They're, they're a little old. Still a legend. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> I'm just laughing because I'm just thinking about his Super Bowl commercial that they just had with the Groundhog. The fucking Jeep? With the Groundhog's <laughs> Day. Oh, it was fucking classic. So That yeah, was a good commercial. Love Bill Murray. I didn't even watch the Super Bowl. I don't even have a channel to watch the Super Bowl on. Oh, but I, I, I fucking go to YouTube and I watch all of the uh, the uh, trailers. And yeah, yeah. That's, no, that's what you do nowadays. And, I don't worry about missing them because I know I can just go on YouTube and watch them. So, yeah, I'm with you on that. So the afterlife. When you saw the afterlife trailer, first time I saw it, I, that was I think that was one of the I did a, I did a reaction for that trailer too. The best one of the best moments for me is when they pulled out the ghost trap. Yes. And fucking uh, Paul Rudd's like, 
oh man, that's a really great replica of, of Ghost Track. And like, Where'd you get that? And, and they kind of explain it. And they, Wait a minute. What'd you say your name was? Yeah. And, and it's you like, see oh, the, I love shit. how they do The reveal was awesome. The reveal that it was that it was Egon's was her granddaughter, right? His uh, grand, grandson, granddaughter. Yeah, yeah. grandson. That was, that was. I love that, and I love the fact that they have Paul Paul Rudd as the conduit. Paul Rudd the, can do no fucking wrong, right? And he doesn't age. <laughs> it's creepy as shit. He doesn't age. So you know, this, this is funny because black people have a saying that we call it "black don't crack" because black people <laughs> age like, and 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 for for the most like part, fine yeah, wine. Yeah, but man, Paul. Paul Rudd is he's 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 reversing the trend, man. He's he's he. You're right. That man. I think is he's not, a vampire. Something, man, because he looks the same as when he did Clueless. He really does. <laughs> and then, like when they brought him into Ant Man, he looks kind of the same in Ant Man. And I mean, he's just he doesn't age. It's so how did you think? He, so did you think he would work as Ant Man? I was skeptical. I think at everybody first. was skeptical. I know he. I know he has the acting chops to do shit like that. He's got the comedy chops, and I knew Ant Man couldn't be a straight character. It couldn't be a just a, a dramatic character yeah, because yeah, that's yeah. not having read comic books my entire life. The Scott Lang character was never really super serious mm-hmm. or, or or to be taken serious. I mean, they've they've made a joke of him over the course of. A dozen or two years. The most respect and serious that I ever saw Ant Man given was when they did the animated Ultimate Avengers movie mm-hmm. in the early two thousands. Might have been early two twenty tens, but uh, I'm pretty sure I've seen it. It was two of them. It was Ultimate Avengers and Ultimate Avengers two. It was basically the it was basically the uh, the, uh, the Ultimate Avengers versus the what was that alien species that they the had Chitauri? the Shatari. Yeah, yeah, it was basically the, the the full story of the Shatari. yeah. So I have seen that. One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the first movie because they 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 had him in there they they had him in there as as a, as a serious credible threat because he was giant guy yeah giant saying? man giant man yeah the, one of the coolest things and and this is going to deviate a little bit uh, they've been talking about the Disney Plus shows coming out yeah they've got the Falcon Winter Soldier show coming mm-hmm. out WandaVision WandaVision they got Loki yeah one of the things they're talking about and one of my absolute favorite superhero groups of. Uh, the last couple decades, really. It's been a long time. Uh, there's a group called the Thunderbolts. Yes. I don't know if you have how much you're familiar with the Thunderbolts. I mean, I know they exist and I know of them and I've heard about the rumors about them. Okay, so, so the original idea for the Thunderbolts came out of a book. I want to say it was late 90s, early 2000s. The idea was that uh, right after the X-Men and the... Um, Fantastic Four and the Avengers all got sucked into this alternate reality, killed off supposedly by Onslaught. <laughs> um, there was a void left in the Marvel Universe, the, Mar- the Marvel 616 Universe, which yeah. is like the, the standard comic book universe. There was a void left, and there was a superhero team that jumped in to fill the void called the Thunderbolts. The thing with the Thunderbolts is they were not superheroes. <laughs> it was the Masters of Evil disguised as superheroes so baron zemo leading a team of the masters of evil all under superhero guises so baron zemo was citizen v uh the fixer was under a name of techno uh goliath was under the name of atlas and and so uh screaming mimi was under the uh, guise of songbird yeah i didn't know any Uh, of that oh my god and and so the whole series is basically about they're trying to get like security clearance and take over for where the Avengers were so they could have all that information and find get off foothold and, you know, kind of rule the world that way uh, under uh, Baron Zemo. And then the whole premise of the team was 
they started to like it. They started <laughs> to like having, some of them did, not all of them, but they started to really enjoy not getting hunted down by superheroes and put in jail. They liked being, being on the side yeah. of the angels for a while. And, and so that really fractured the team and it, it created this really cool dynamic. And the rumors going around now is because they're introduced, they're bringing Zemo back uh, from, he was the big bad in Civil in War. Civil War, yeah. And they're bringing him back uh, in the Falcon Winter yeah, Soldier. Yeah, so I heard it was going to be for Falcon Winter Soldier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're going to put him in his, his little fucking weird ski, purple ski mask and do all that. And then there's rumor that a new series going to be made for Marvel or Disney Plus is going to be a Thunderbolts based series, which in the entire series after after it was discovered that they were the Masters of Evil, it just became kind of like the Marvel's version of the Suicide Squad where they would have these villains doing hero work and trying to earn time off of prison sentences and things like that. And now, so I'm curious to see where they can go with it. What I had heard about that is that I, they were going to replace, that they were going to use, because I heard them mention that, and I heard that they were going to use, um, what's his name, Abomination in replacement of Goliath, because they hadn't re- introduced Goliath in the in the universe yet. So would they get and back abominations and do Tim Roth and actually use... Yeah, because they said... I've heard Kevin Feige say that they still have plans for Abomination. That's why they didn't kill That would be off. incredible. That would be awesome. I'd be here for it. So, because you got a Hulk-level threat mm-hmm. trying to... I don't know how they'd get him to do good, but that'd be interesting. I mean, he was... because he was. I mean, I don't know how they'd get him to do good, but it'd be interesting because, yeah, he was originally... hide who he is. Yeah, he was... And he was originally a good military officer who just went rough. So I can see the story is there for... The, the vein is there for them to make it that they, they can somehow convince Tim Ross' character to stop being crazy abomination and you can do some good. That's what you originally wanted to do. And then another character that they teased in those movies that they never really went anywhere with was the leader as well. Yeah. Um, and I forget the name of the dude who played it. Um, but they teased him being created and then never went anywhere with it because mm-hmm. they, uh, Marvel obviously decided to go a different direction after, uh, falling off with, uh, uh, their Hulk back then. Yeah. Universal North really North. dropped the ball on that. They were talking about that since the, um, since the end of, since the end of Endgame, they were talking about how, uh, cause they really love Mark Ruffalo as the Hulk and they don't think they want to, they still want to use him. I mean, they just talk that they're going to make standalone movies, but I, I, I want to say, and I hate to sound like, divisive like this but he almost works better as a side character like in the Avengers I or... mean I loved The Incredible Hulk I thought The Incredible Hulk was a very underrated movie being that there was, being that there was the second movie in this MCU everybody forgets mm-hmm. about it but uh, and... I love Ed Norton yeah I did I know, too I, I know he's he ridiculously great... hard to work with yeah but... I thought he was a great I, you know what he's, uh, real side, there's a side note I mean side note there's a movie he just in that I just got that I haven't watched it's called uh, Motherless Brooklyn okay with him and Bruce Willis and it's set another in like, notoriously hard to work with yes. actor <laughs> and they work together on this film and it's set in, it's like a it's like a prohibition era film and it looks pretty interesting interesting and I again Edward Norton great I've always actor. been a huge fan of Edward always Norton. Name, like name, American History X <clears throat> name me a bad film he's done Fight Club he did fucking, fucking Fight Club Primal Fear right yeah <laughs> he's great he's but super apparently great. he's just like like 
very particular and yeah. you know, very no. I mean, and that's not to say that being particular is something difficult. I mean, you know what you want, you know what you want. Well, but you got to be willing to work with. Other I mean, people. I've heard well, I've heard people say that he's difficult to work with. I've never heard anybody say he's still a good person. I've never heard I've heard he's a nice person, yeah. just difficult to work with. So I, I mean, I understand that. I, I, there's actors that are like that. And, and yeah, you're you're being a huge cinephile. You you really get to see. I mean, how many movies you figure you go through a, a week? Oh, that's that's tough. I know. And it's, I mean, it's it's a, a, on a given week. If I'm gaming, especially now that if I'm gaming more, obviously I'm not going to be watching as many movies. But right. on a, on a given week, man, when I was collecting DVDs, because mm-hmm. I used to have a huge DVD, I've, I kind of phased out my DVD. Everything's Me too. Gone, everything's gone digital now. Oh yeah. When I was having, because they were, you could go up to Blockbuster and get like four new DVDs for like twenty bucks. That was my downfall too. I would just, yeah, I would splurge. I man. still got like fifteen hundred DVDs splurge. in my garage right now that I don't do. Anymore. So I would, I was at, at at my high point. I was probably watching. Four or five movies a week. Okay, probably. But and again, I have I I love watching movies over and over again, and I love like I still have a, even now I have a and 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 the invasion of good television has also made that difficult too Dude, because seriously. there's so much television that I'm trying to watch. I'm trying to get caught up on a Better Call Saul. That's the show. That I'm like I two seasons love. behind on that. I loved Breaking Bad. I loved the first couple of seasons of Saul. I, I actually just... here I'm I'm the, I'm I'm in the minority on this. I think Better Call Saul is a better show than. Breaking Bad. Interesting. Yeah, I'm totally in the minority on that. I liked Breaking Bad, but I personally take offense when people say Breaking Bad is as good as The Wire. I've never watched The Wire. <laughs> is that is that one I need to pick up? Yes. Okay. Oh, The Wire is okay. one of the greatest. So um, uh, when it comes to the television shows, to me, HBO is the gold standard. They have See, FX has done a lot of good work too. They have. XB, like, FX is coming uh, up. They're Sons coming of up. Anarchy was huge for me. Fucking the shield was huge yes. for me. I love Snowfall right now. Snowfall. I haven't watched on that one FX. either. It's a fucking great show. Shit, I got so much to watch. But um, HBO to me is just the gold standard when it comes to making quality television and great television. I mean, you look at what they've done: The Sopranos, Game the of Wire, Thrones, Game of Thrones, Boardwalk Empire. Uh, Boardwalk, I never got into. I need to watch oh, that. Man, one. It was, That's it's, Steve Buscemi, yeah. Yeah, and again, it, it's if you got you got to be into it because it's a it's a period piece about prohibitionary gangsters. Yeah. So, but I love shit like that. I've never come across, and, and I'll say this categorically, I've never come across a HBO show that I didn't really like. I mean, Sopranos I was here for. I uh, didn't like Game of Thrones. What? I mean, I was, I watched the entire series of True Blood, and I can I say, watched True Blood. I can say True Blood stopped being good to me after season two. Okay. After it was, it, and they, they did. I mean, I it's got a rabid fan base. It has a huge fan base, and that's, again... That's not to say, and I'm 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 very I can I can easily say just because I don't like something I can understand somebody else might have liked it, mm-hmm. so that's not a problem for me. But and I love there's characters on the show that I liked. I thought right. Eric Northman was a great character. There's a bunch of characters, on the, but after after season two, because I think the show went five seasons, so I think seasons three, four, and five they just got a little eh, for me. They get a little preachy, a little heavy-handed. I mean, not that. It just got so... It kind of... I don't even want to say for a show that's about vampires, I don't want to sit there and say it got unbelievable. <laughs> but, <laughs> it's like, but come on, guys. Yeah, I was like, oh, come on. This it, it's just like... I don't know. It it, it, it it stopped being as gritty to me. I guess that's what it's... Because it was... it was. I don't know. I'd have to sit and... I'm, I'm going to have to sit and watch a few and just see what it's all about. And, yeah, it's just... But uh, what, I really, what I really liked about Breaking Bad uh, was that... And I talked about this on a previous podcast is because you got to see it was like a crossover. You got to see a good character break bad mm-hmm. and you got to see a bad character break sympathetic. Who's that, so Jesse? You, yeah. Okay. You get to see this teacher 
who has only good intentions become Heisenberg. Yes. Become this evil man. Sympathy gone. Nobody gives a shit about him anymore at the end. It's like he can't be redeemed. On the other hand, you get to see this totally unsympathetic douchebag over the course of the five seasons. Was it five or six? It was five. Five seasons. Become someone you really empathize with. Absolutely. Someone who's inherently flawed and broken and who you eventually start to care about. Whereas at the beginning of the show, you can give a fuck less about Jesse Pinkman. He's like, okay, he's just some douchebag drug dealer. And yeah, when are they going to kill him off? Yeah, right. <laughs> he, no, you're absolutely <laughs> correct. And let me be clear. I don't. Let me. I enjoyed Breaking Bad a lot. It's a very, very good show. It's definitely in the top ten of best shows ever. But it was just when people started comparing it to The Wire. I was like, have you guys seen The Wire? I need to but sit and watch. Let me the still. Wire. Let me. Let me be, give it its due praise. Let me absolutely give it its due praise. <laughs> Breaking Bad had episodes where I was like, whoa. Like the Gus Fring, the end of Gus Fring was epic, and the uh, the episode Osmandius is that what not Osmandius? Uh, Oz, uh, Osmandius. That yeah. episode was, and I'm like, because there's a character. Here's a character in Hank, the character of Hank, who I went. Oh, Jesus Christ, Hank! Yes, you went from this dude's a douchebag to oh, okay, I understand what he's going through. I kind of like him. Don't know he's a douchebag. To then at the end where he's like, oh wow, are you really gonna kill him like that? Spoiler alert, of course. <laughs> I don't know. I think we're past the spoiler window for a show that ended like 10 years ago. I'm just so. being polite. You, there's always that one douchebag. Come on, bro. I haven't seen haven't it yet. Been watching it yet. It was like, come on, man. Then you're never going to. Then you're never going to watch it, right? But yeah, they, uh, uh, the writer of that show, uh, was that? Vince Gilligan, Vince Gilligan yeah. does a really good job of making you believe in these characters. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, and so uh, Better Call Saul is the same thing. Yes. I mean, we're not going to say Jimmy is... Uh, uh, a good guy. He's never really been a good guy. But you're you're so sympathetic for him. Yeah. <coughs> but he tries. Yeah. You, you see definite moments of try mm-hmm. and fail. And again, and it's try in, and, and s- fail. And so many characters that you really like. The the uh, the character Rhea Seahorn, who plays his girlfriend in there. Uh, I don't remember her name right now. I don't either. She's great. And then the um, the character of Nacho, who plays the. Uh, the side dude who was working for Tuco, he's a great character. You're, you, you've only seen season first I think two? I've seen two or three. Two, there's only five. They're, they're just about to come out with season five. I'm watching season four right now. So maybe now. I'm only a season back, but <coughs> I, I remember the uh, Tuco and Nacho. So. Yeah, yeah. So the character of Nacho, he has a great he's a great story. He's one of my favorite characters. And, of course, Mike Irma Trout, you know what I'm saying? The, all the backstory with him is just awesome. Mm-hmm. I love it. So, yeah, I'm – I'm enjoying I'm enjoying Better Call Saul a lot, and I know I'm in the minority when I say it's better than Breaking Bad. I'm definitely in the minority of that, but I just maybe it's just because I like I like Saul good and I like Jimmy McGill as a character so much. Absolutely. So I don't know. I'm, I'm right there with you. I enjoy it. I just again I've got like you said, there's so much TV to watch uh, between all the superhero shit that we watch with right? our kids and you know it's everything else. When you mentioned the character arc of a. Uh, of a uh, what's his name in Breaking Bad, it also brought to of course Jesse. It, yeah, no, not. Uh, or uh, Heisenberg. Uh, What's his name? What's his name? <laughs> in the, uh, Heisenberg. Walter. Walter White. White. Thank you. His character arc in Walter in that it also reminded me so much of um, Jamie Lannister's character arc in in Game of Thrones. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I. Oh God, that's a, that's such a good analogy because <laughs> here we got Jamie Lannister starts out the entire first episode, shoves a ten year old out of a window, right? breaks him almost irrevocably. Yes. 
and you just hate this guy. You so, hate. There's no redeeming. Th- that's the question I've him. always asked: is, is 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 there any redeeming yourself after you push the child out of a window? Can you redeem Apparently yourself there as a character? Is. Apparently, I mean, I mean, he, I mean, because he went through this whole, like you said, this whole character arc where he builds himself up and builds himself up, and we see like really hardcore, staunch characters like Brianna Tarth start really yeah. liking, yeah, and and caring about him, and yeah. People like Catelyn start giving him credit, and even in the books, Catelyn Stark starts giving him a little bit of not sympathy, but yeah, kind of a little bit of a ruler to hang himself with, as it were, and then. To see him throw it all away. Well, here's the thing about it. Because it wasn't that he just, it wasn't that he, in the end, it wasn't that in the end he went back to Cersei. It was that he repeatedly went back to Cersei. Like, what the fuck kind of power did she have over here? I told my cousin, look, we're going to get a little adult because I have to say this. Because I told me and my cousin would have conversations about this all the time. And I would say, she must have the most magical vagina <laughs> in the world. Like, let's I want to know. I want to know because Damn. let's be clear. Let's be clear. Uh, the actress that plays her is gorgeous. Oh, yeah. Absolutely gorgeous. She was in, the, you remember she was in the... Uh, she was in that Terminator Yeah, show. she was in the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Yeah, yeah. And she was also in uh, 300. She played Leonidas' wife in 300. That's right. That's right. I forget about that. Yes. So she is absolutely gorgeous. Come back with your shield. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Lena Headey, that's her name. Lena Headey. Go. She's gorgeous. So as Cersei Lannister, you're just like, yeah, I can... I, something about that has got to keep him coming back. But they're the thing... There's a lot of good character development on that show. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That people but, like get pissed about with... Uh, like fucking Daenerys, they say, "Oh my God, how could you do Daenerys so bad like that?" It's like he didn't. <laughs> they showed that the entire <laughs> fucking you time. Have not, you not been paying attention? The foreshadowing was so heavy. Every, it was so heavy. Yes, every single character who not talked about her. How could they about do that it. to her? No, they've been saying it from the mm-hmm. beginning. She's gonna lose her fucking mind. And there are people saying, "Well, that's not in the books. That's not in the book." No, that is one hundred percent gonna happen Absolutely. in the books. If anything, everything that happens, I guarantee you that George R. R. Martin told them how the books were going to end. I guarantee you that's what he told them happens. My wife's got this theory where she thinks that uh, George R. R. Martin hasn't put uh, the latest book out because he wanted to wait and see how the HBO series ended. <laughs> Fucking see how people reacted and crib shit from that. <laughs> I can't say she's wrong. That sounds like a valid point. If he does that, that'd be the coldest shit ever. Well, I mean, because Dan- the, the book's already DV. I don't know. Have you read the books? I know I have not. I, here's the thing. I, 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 I listened to the audio book of... Uh, Game of Thrones after I watched after I had to listen season, to the after books. season three I think after the Red Wedding I went back and watched season one I've watched I've listened to on audiobooks I've listened to all of season one and then I listened to the Red Wedding chapter okay of, uh, it's brutal oh it's so bad <laughs> but uh, so bad well the books deviate quite a lot from like you can tell where yeah I'm aware they stopped syncing up I'm aware of most of the deviations the the biggest one that everybody complained about was the Lady Stoneheart of mm-hmm. course that was the biggest one that everybody was mad about was and the they Lady haven't Stoneheart. even really delved into that too much at, by the end of the last book they've messed around with her a little bit and like she does play a part but the biggest uh, yeah, like doesn't she hang Brienne at the very end like she's not they haven't expressly said she's dead yet yeah but uh, thinks she's working with the Lannisters and so yeah, she, she's really there's a lot she's they, stone-hearted like, at this point the, 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 uh, they complained about the young Griff storyline that they completely took out of it mm-hmm. and I was like I, I'm, and I, again I've, I've read up into all I've, I've done research and I'm like those are all cool storylines but I can totally see you gotta cut shit for time yeah like here's the thing about it Tyrion's path took a real different tra- the direction Kat, the Catelyn Stark death in the series was so powerful mm-hmm. you can't bring her back 
You just can't. Right, because they don't exactly show. I mean, in a show full of dragons and, and shit like that, there's not a whole lot of, and I hate to say it like this, and I'm going to catch shit for this, but mysticism. Yeah. There's not a whole lot of that, like witches and wizardry. There is a little bit with uh, uh, the priests. The Red Woman. And, yeah, yeah, the, the Red, Red Woman. Woman. Well, that's what I loved and about a bit the show. With Daenerys. That's but, what I loved about the show because as the show starts, you get. Here's the, the, the first scene of Game of Thrones is the opening scene of the White Walkers killing those. The Rangers. Killing the Rangers that go north. Yeah. But this is what I love because you get that. You don't get another mention. Or you don't really get another mention of them. You don't get a barely mention of them for the rest of that episode. Mm-hmm. But even for the rest of that season, I think they're only mentioned two or three times. Right. There's the there's the incident that John has when he's north of the wall with the dead. But the looming threat of the White Walkers was there for so long. It's like us as an audience, we're like we're we're with we're with the rest of the current society in Westeros. Is like, nah, magic doesn't exist anymore. This is we're living in a world where magic doesn't exist. And, and the less and that the they intro- talk about it, the more we start feeling that. Yeah. And then shit pops up like the, the fucking starts, smoke demon. Exactly, and it's like well, we're living in a world now where it was like the birth of um once Danny, once Danny had the dragon eggs, and once she gave birth to the dragons, that kind of sparked everything to cause magic to come back in the world. Right. Is one of the premises that I've heard everybody say right. about this yeah. book. So. Wow, we, we kind of going all over the place. I, I fucking <laughs> dig the shit out of this. So now you do, uh, do you have a YouTube channel? Yeah, yeah. You, I do Mr. Vaughn's channel, Sweatbox on YouTube. You guys can go there. I do a lot of movie reviews. Uh, I'm actually going to try to get back to, because the movie reviews and the reactions ended up being the bulk of the channel. I used to do political talk and sports talk. I'm going to get back to doing some more of that. But the movie reviews and the, and the, and the those is just my shit, man. I it's love just talking. fun shit, yeah. It's just fun. I love it. And I've seen some of them, and, 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 and you get so passionate about it. I fucking love that shit. <laughs> I have to be, I mean, I feel like because... Uh, being able to discuss it so like talking to a camera you have there's a certain it's easy to have a discussion back and forth because you have somebody to bounce ideas off of right but when you're talking to yourself you got to have your you got to really know you what, really know what you're, you're talking about, about. and I, so that's why I, I like to be in depth i to me it's almost become treated once i watch a movie i i watch probably after i watch it i watch two or three excuse me two or three reviewers that i really trust that i watch mm-hmm. all the time and then i'll go do my own review so, because uh, I always watching the other reviewers, it makes me, yeah, okay, we touched on the same thing. The process same some thoughts, yeah, you process, didn't know and, you yeah, had. and then and then a lot of it, we have the same, a lot of the same uh, thoughts we have as far as criticisms or things that we liked in the movies. Like, yeah, yeah, I agree with that, or I don't agree with that. There's things that I remember, like there's certain movies that I was like, I don't understand why you guys, but the French, the the Transformers franchise has just gotten way out of control as far as that. But I was a fan of the first three. You know, and I'm a huge fan of Michael Bay as far as his his shooting style. He's got a definite style. Yeah, but here's the thing about it: everybody he, he became so critical of it, and I was just like, I don't. I understand if you don't, but you don't go to Michael Bay for something yeah. cinematic. You don't go, or you do go for. Excuse me, I should say that differently. You do go for the cinematic feel. You just of it, go but for you, the popcorn. You go for the popcorn. It's a popcorn. Fluff. Fluff. You you're go not, the you're popcorn not going fluff. for like Scorsese level or Francis yeah. Ford Coppola like, level like, well, films. Well, he didn't do justice to the lore. I was like, you're talking about. It's a cartoon. You're talking about a bunch of talking robots, right? What else do you want? <laughs> let them talk, let them transform, and then blow some shit up. Yeah, that's all I want. That's all I need in my movie. That's give me, give me that, and we're good. I agree, and then I feel like, did you see Bumblebee? Yeah, and I thought that was a great. I thought that brought it way back. Yeah, I thought it was great, and they still were able to tie it into the franchise too. Yeah, and then now they're they're rebooting the whole thing based off of the Bumblebee movie, and, and I don't have a problem with that. Michael no. Bay had a good run. 
He made that franchise like four as billion dollars. As, as long as he doesn't make any more Ninja Turtle movies. <laughs> I don't know uh, what a lot of people's thoughts on the Ninja Turtle movies were, but they were not. Um, what's the word? Great. Again, I have. <laughs> uh, you're right. They were not great, but I have the same premise. I my argument with that is the same. You're talking about a bunch of Ninja Turtles. I know. <laughs> you, you gotta you gotta have a kind of a grain of salt, and, and yeah, really, take I mean, it with a grain of salt. And that kind of goes for everything, like comic book movies and science fiction movies and yeah. everything else. You just gotta really kind of you get what you get, yeah. And you gotta, like I said, you gotta find the things you can love inside that framework. Absolutely. And so now we've got a whole lot of stuff coming back from from years past that we're getting. We're getting another John Wick movie. We're getting another Bill and Ted movie. So the, 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 uh, we're, we're getting the, another Matrix movie. Well, we're in the middle, we're Not in the middle to only of the, throw Keanu under the bus. Because there, we're in the middle of the Keanu sons. That's what I it is. Keanu it's the Keanu sons. Oh, he can do no wrong. He's breathtaking. He can do no wrong. Here's the thing about the John Wick movies. Let's talk about that for a second. Sure. The I first, love those the first John Wick movie I saw. So I, I hadn't, I didn't see it in theaters. A friend of mine was like, "You should check out this John I didn't Wick either. movie. Yeah. It's pretty good." I was like, "Man, that just looks like a two-bit action movie. What's wrong with Keanu?" He's like, "No, man." You should check out John Wick. Well, because Keanu wasn't even on the radar at that point. <laughs> he wasn't. He was like, and then he does that, and I'm like, oh. And then it turns into this huge thing. This, this, now it's got spinoffs coming and <laughs> TV shows. But and the third, and I saw the third. Halle Berry. I saw the third one, which, by the way, I want to give a special props to Halle Berry for working. I don't know if you've seen any of the behind the scenes. I haven't. But she worked her ass off for that movie and it shows because those scenes where she's working the guns mm-hmm. it's good because she, was, she did real training so I was like man she became really good like she could probably kill you with I've, seen, I've seen some of Keanu's uh, gun work uh, videos where he trains with the military too yeah he's got so much gun work going all the way back to um, the Matrix I think he, well even he did some when well, he point did break and speed because remember he was the SWAT yeah he was the SWAT guy oh, that was speed 2 we're not going to talk about but I did like speed <laughs> Uh, yeah, Keanu. I mean, we, like you said, we are definitely in a renaissance of Keanu. He's been in some great. You know what? You know what? Keanu movie I really like that gets no credit, and What's I that? thought it was a great movie was Constantine. I thought Constantine was awesome. I I'd have to watch it again. It's been so long since I watched it, and, and I have to say, back in the day when I watched it the first time, I was very much in the toxic fandom era of just. <clears throat> crapping on whatever I didn't like. See, I didn't know anything about Constantine as a comic book. I knew it was a comic book. I didn't know anything about him as a character. So my introduction right. to him, I was like, yo, this movie, you know, I thought it was different. Mm-hmm. I thought the visuals were awesome. And who's the guy that guy? Peter Stormare? Yeah. Who, who plays, plays the Satan, devil? Who plays the Satan? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was great. Was, oh, was I, he's great. good in everything. He's great. Peter Stormare is great in everything. So yeah, that was, and yeah, like you said, we're in the middle of the Keanu Sans, and I think it's, I think it's been awesome. I think he's... I'm actually looking forward to picking up that game, Cyberpunk, just because he's in it. I loved him in uh, Toy Story. <laughs> oh, uh, Duke Kaboom? Yes, it's great. <laughs> the evil Knievel type? He, there was this Netflix movie that he did, that he had a camera, he played himself in, but he played like a, uh, like a douchebag version of himself. I heard him talking about that on a podcast. I, I haven't seen the movie. I, I saw, haven't either. I saw um, uh, who was some uh, somebody. I think mom, I think my mother was watching it, and I saw his scene in it, and I was like, "Is that Keanu Reeves playing himself?" And it was just the funniest. <laughs> it was so he, yeah. I love Keanu. He's, he's in the new SpongeBob movie too. Is he? Yeah. Oh man, he's great. He's just great in everything he does. I'm excited for the new Matrix. What are your thoughts on the new Matrix? I'm really, really curious to see where they go with it. I, I didn't know that we had anywhere left to go with it, but I mean, here's the thing: in, you knew the franchise wasn't going to stay dead. That's just too much money sitting on the table for. No, it's just whenever to... the Wachowskis decided to get up and do something else. Yeah, it's Another... been a lot of years. 
So the Wachowskis, as a, as 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 filmmakers, I love V for Vendetta. I did too. Very underrated movie. Doesn't get a lot of credit. Um, what was that movie that they did? Again, working with Hugo Weaving. I really enjoy everything Hugo's done. Yeah, but they did a, the the uh, what was the movie they just did that had wasn't Tom Hanks in it? Oh, I don't know. It was it was it was about like three different storylines anyway. But that was it was oh a, uh, Cloud Atlas. Yes, Cloud Atlas. I haven't seen that one. That was a very interesting movie. I'm not even gonna say, and I should probably see it again. I should probably watch it again. But it's a, definitely a movie. I'm not even going to say it was bad because it was just so interesting. Yeah, it's a lot to take in. It is definitely a lot to take in. But it wasn't a bad movie. I mean, there's a lot coming out to to look forward to. And I mean, it's a good time to be invested in the whole pop culture genre. It is. And you guys should definitely. I'm going to start putting up some more um, reaction videos on my channel again. Oh, you know I watch them. I love them. (laughs) Before we wrap this up, I want to get your thoughts on something. Sure. It's kind of a Marvel versus DC thing, but I think... Obviously, Marvel's won that one with the the conclusion of the... Yeah. Yeah. There's never been a movie studio in the history of Hollywood that has had 20, 22, 24 movies come out. 24, I think, now. And every single one of them was number one. And every single one of them has made at least $100 million. Disney definitely did the right thing. Uh, I mean, definitely you, got that in pocket. If you look at what Disney has done over the last ten years mm-hmm. with their acquisition of, because I remember, I remember when they bought all of them. I remember when they bought Pixar. I was like, Disney when they bought, bought Pixar? Pixar, when they bought Star Disney Wars, bought Star Wars, then they bought Marvel. Yeah. Oh my god, my entire they childhood. Yes. They got my entire childhood wrapped <laughs> up tight. So Disney gets my money. And so then when they, came I even out, have Disney. Do you have Disney Plus? Oh yes, I have. Disney Did you watch Plus. the Mandalorian? I have seen the Mandalorian. Oh Mandalorian was that's a whole very good, whole other conversation. Very good. Anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to deviate. No, no, it was fine. Um, I make sure. But to watch to watch what Marvel did with the sentiment with their MCU, and then to see how DC struggled, and I don't even think, and I say struggle because I love, mm-hmm. I absolutely love Man of Steel. I think Man of Steel is a as flawed a movie as it was. I enjoyed it too. I think it. See, I don't even think it's that flawed. Like, what's your biggest complaint with Man of Steel? Wanton destruction. Yeah. For wanton destruction. Uh, yeah, that's most. That's most people's biggest complaint. That like, and the fact that he kills uh, Zod. That Zod he kills. At the end. That he kills. Period. That he kills Zod at the end. Here's my explanation that I've said to everyone who has a problem with that. Okay. He'd been Superman for all of twelve hours. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so you're saying he hadn't had time to develop his his yes, code yet? Nothing. He had time to develop nothing. <laughs> in the time he t- the minute he gets his suit, Zod comes and attacks his mother, and he's in the middle of the f- f- street fighting three aliens. And then an hour after that, he literally has to save the entire planet. I get it. And that's my that that's all the caveat I need. He'd been Superman for twelve hours. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. The I, rampant, I, I never even gave it that kind the of rampant dis, the rampant destruction of Metropolis, while epic to see, felt and a out lot of place. It, it felt, but a lot. And again, a lot of it wasn't his fault. I mean, mm-hmm. they did just they did just bring an alien machine and start flattening a city. <laughs> the visual again. I'm a, I'm I'm just a sucker for visuals and the. Yeah, yeah. Vi- the visuals of that and so what we can do now with movies is so yes, fascinating yes and so you take Man of Steel the end of Man of Steel and then you go into Batman versus Superman that opening 10 minutes of Batman versus Superman which is just basically a retelling of the end of Super, the end of Man of Steel I saw it in the theaters I was just like 
my jaw was on because it was just to see that from Batman's perspective, and I was like, "Oh, this movie is it's like, be. oh yeah, now I get why he's so and now I get fucking why he's mad." Like, yes. yeah. and, and, and for me, and I and I get that didn't that didn't work for a lot of fans. I get mm-hmm. that that didn't work, but for me, after seeing that, I felt it. I was like, "I'm completely, I'm on board." I, I'm, I'm from that point on, I was already invested in why he wanted to kill Superman and why he wanted Superman gone. I was Eliminate with it. the threat. Yeah. yeah, I was like, oh, I understand, and I didn't have a problem with the whole. The whole Martha thing. I didn't have because you know what did you say that name? But you know what's so crazy is because at that moment it had never even hit me right? that Superman <laughs> and Batman's moms had the same fucking name. It never got me it either. Never I never hit even me. thought about it. it. Never. I was like, oh shit, they do got the same name, and it actually made sense to me that, that actually got, pulled me out of the movie for a second. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> oh shit. No, you're right. It did. But then at that moment, and this is maybe this is just how my mind works. But at that moment, I was like, oh shit, that actually would. Just Stop jar you out. That for would a jar second. because for because it ba- took us out of the movie. Yeah, Why wouldn't him, it take Superman out of his or Batman out of his? Ba- yeah, for Batman, yeah. he doesn't know that Martha is his mother's name. He's like, "Why the fuck are you talking about my mom, bro? I'm really about to stab you now. <laughs> oh, you disrespectful. You ain't supposed to talk about somebody's mama." And then he's like, "Wait a minute." So yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna have to watch it. <laughs> this is how I watch movies. This is the this is, see you're learning the thoughts is, coming out. These your are, head. Yeah, these are the things that I go through when well, I watch movies. And and the cool thing about like I've always talked about this is is where DC has dropped the ball cinematically. They've always ran with it on the television because CW's um, DC-based shows have been, by and large, great shows. Arrow, Flash, uh, Black Lightning, Supergirl. All these shows are great in their own right if you're into the comic books of it. See, and and for me, because my cousin, who's also a, a huge fan like me, he's been a huge fan of the the, uh, the Arrowverse. That's mm-hmm. what they call it. And I have not... Can't gotten, call it that anymore. No more Because Arrow. he's dead. Yeah, he's dead. <laughs> That's true. Uh, I never got... I like the Flash series, but, I, but even the Flash series, I didn't get to watch as much of it as I got. You know what show that I actually have watched and I actually really liked What's is that? the Titans show that comes on the DC I fucking Network. love it. You have DC? I don't have, but I have, I've seen this, uh, there's an app that I have called Plex and it, 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 it added, I heard about that one. Yeah. It added it on there, but I've seen, I just I'll tell you what, it. you want to watch a good DC TV show and I didn't think I would like it as much as I do. Fucking Harley Quinn, the really? cartoon Harley Quinn. Okay. It is unfucking believable. Unbridled violence, <laughs> swearing, just. They just go balls to the wall with it, and it's fucking incredible. So, what did you think of the Titans show? What did you think? Of I Titans? loved it. I thought. I thought. I thought. I thought it's, oh my god, it's going to be really hard riding on the backs of the CW shows mm-hmm. to see them do a grittier take on it. And you know, Robin was never really a gritty character. Yeah. Nightwing was never really a gritty character. All of these Titans, Teen Titan characters, were never really dark and gritty. So I'm really kind of hard pressed to see how they take a dark and gritty turn with them. But then sitting there watching it, I'm like, okay, a little more real. Yeah. A little more deep. And then, like, you look at Robin's struggle to become an adult, basically. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's an adult at the beginning of it, but he's living under Batman's shadow. Yeah. And to see him be like, oh, fuck Batman, and just kind (laughs) of finding who he is is fun. The only thing that I really don't, which is crazy because I actually love the actress who plays, but I don't, I'm, I'm still not on board with the Hawk and Dove character. Those are the only two characters yeah. on I don't like the Hawk and Dove character. Every time they do a Hawk and Dove episode, I'm like, oh. Snore. <laughs> well, you know and, the, the, and the character that plays Dove, she's fucking 
gorgeous. Yeah, uh, Minka Kelly. Yeah. yeah, man, she's gorgeous. But I just could and give the, two the, shits. The dude who played Hawk. Have you ever watched Blue Mountain State? Is that what he's from? Mm-hmm. I knew he looked familiar. He played Thad yeah. in okay. Blue Mountain State, the real douchebag. Yeah, uh, that make he plays yeah. a douchebag so good because oh, yeah. he plays a douchebag on that show too, kind of. Yeah, pretty much. But I could care less about Hawk and Dove. I just could care less. <laughs> but all the other characters, I love. I love. Um, I like what they're doing with Beast Boy. I love what they're doing with Beast Boy. The guy I they lo- cast to play Superboy was incredible. Yes, the dude they got to bring Connor in was great. I love the what they do with Wonder. Uh, Wonder Girl. Wonder Girl. I thought she's she does a great job. And they kind of sold Aqualad short. Super short. Damn. Man. <laughs> cold blooded. What do you have? Half love, an episode. Right. I also love the fact that they they're kind of combining the stories of Young Justice. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. I think that's great. To the fact that they're bringing in the Aqualad and Connor, who were normally not really part of the Teen Titans. So I thought that was. And and I liked that they used Deathstroke as such a main character that they weren't yes. afraid to not only touch on Deathstroke but also uh, 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 Ravager yes. and Jericho as well, yes. which are really I mean Jericho's power alone is really hard to kind of get across yeah, a in cut. a visual That's medium. A real, yes, it, it is. is. But it, uh, but it was so instrumental in you know the Titans comic books. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Jericho contract specifically. Oh, is that the Jericho Judas contract? Judas contract. Judas yeah, contract. Judas contract. Um, they they handled it very very well. And yeah. as much as I was pumped to see, um, God, who was what's the name of the guy? They uh, Joe Manganiello. Oh, was yeah. who they hired to play Deathstroke in, in, the, series, in the DC and then the movies, movies. In the movies. Yeah, and I really 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 wanted to see him tackle that because I love Joe Manganiello. Mm-hmm. He's a nerd too. Huge nerd, like D and D nerd. You know what I first saw him on was True Blood. Oh, I forgot he was in there. Yeah, that's my. That was my first introduction to Joe. Dude's Manganiello amazing. He's Blood. funny as hell. Yeah, he. I didn't like him on that show, but he's done great <laughs> things since then. <laughs> and I was really stoked to see him play Deathstroke. But uh, I want to say his name's Eli Morales or whatever his name is. The, the dude guy who played him on the show was great. Yeah, he was really good. He was good. He was really. They good. cast those shows really, really well. They do. The annoying was... little prick that they cast to play uh, Jason Todd. Yeah. <laughs> Is perfect because Jason Todd was an annoying yes, little prick. Yes, he was. He was so great. He was so great. I love the fact yeah. the cocky, arrogant. You know the fact that they got Jor Mormont to be Bruce Wayne was oh, fucking epic. I really wanted to see him as Batman. I know, and I'm right? hoping we get a little I bit of that hope, next season. And here's the thing that I love about here's the thing I love about Titans too is I love the passing references to Justice League shit. I just mm-hmm. love that that they're, so that they're, they're not afraid to touch on. Yeah, it. They're, they're, hey, the Justice League is out there. Where they're there, yeah. I love it like hey, Connor, you got to meet Superman one day. <laughs> and they and and they fuck around with that with the whole DC TV because they just did that Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover. Yeah, this big five part crossover through all of the uh, DC TV CW shows the Arrowverse shows and they they mention uh, or they have a crossover with uh, the 89 Batman they have a crossover with 66 Batman <laughs> they have a crossover with Kevin Conroy plays an older version of Batman nice you get uh, uh, Brandon Routh who plays Brandon the Atom yeah but also plays Superman in Brian Singer's Superman Returns yes, you get him back as Superman so I heard that they tried to get um, what's his name to come back as Lex Luthor from Smallville. And he wouldn't do it. Yeah, he's passed it. But they did get uh, they did get uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Superman. Actually, the, the dude, the dude who, played who played Clark. Superman, right? yeah, Clark I don't remember yeah. his name either. Tom Welling. Tom Welling. Yeah. yeah, and 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 the girl who played Lois Lane. They got them both in there. They got uh, uh, Burt Ward who played Robin in, nice. in the '66 Batman television series. They got uh, Robert Wool who played the reporter Knox. In the 89 Batman movie. Yeah. 
You had really? a cameo by Will Wheaton. Nice. You had cameo by Hawk and Dove. Oh wow! Uh, from the DC Titans show. I mean, same characters. They played by the same yeah. actors. Yeah, Alan Riching. Yeah. What? They brought in cameos from every, and they had a they had a cameo from uh, Birds of Prey, the okay. original TV show Birds of Prey. Anything that has had a connection to um, the DC universe, they used them. On the Crisis on Infinite Earths, Yeah, it was great. And if you have a chance, I'd say go to the CW and watch, even if you just want to watch that five-part crossover series, because I don't know how much you know about the DC TV shows, is uh, who they've got playing Lex Luthor now. Fucking, oh God, what's his name? All of a sudden, I just spaced on his name. Played Ducky in Sixteen Candles. Oh, I'm not gonna remember. I know who you're talking about. I don't remember his name at all. John Cryer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's John Cryer, who played Ducky, and John Cryer, who played uh, Alan in Two and a Half Men. Yeah. You would never, in a hundred thousand years, expect him to play Lex fucking Luthor. Let alone play him well. Okay. And he do. Nice. I'm he a, does such a good job. Yeah, my cousin is a huge fan of. He loves the. He loves those shows, and he's. He, and I. Yeah, I just have. I. Just, I don't know why because I never could get into Arrow. I. I never really liked Arrow, but the later seasons, usually, know they got good. Especially so. They take a little growing, and and, and Flash Two has a little bit of a growth period, but. But I, I I got into Flash immediately because I'm just such a huge fan of the Flash. Flash is one right. of my favorite DC characters. So. And like with Batwoman, they hit the ground running. Supergirl took a little getting into for me. I mean, that a Black canceled. Lightning Supergirl hit the got ground running. from CBS and then picked yeah, they, up they picked CW, it up immediately because right? yeah, they, they know like, right yeah, yeah, we're gonna go with this. Yeah, our fans are gonna still fuck with it. But <laughs> Black Lightning hit the ground running, and, and for such an ancillary character who never had much screen time, amazing show, and very politically charged too. I might add. Yeah, I've heard that's how uh, that's how uh, Luke Cage was. On, on I the fucking Netflix. loved Luke yeah, Cage. Luke Cage was dope. Dude, Mike Colder as Luke Cage was so good. Yes. And there's rumors going now that they're trying to bring those uh, Marvel TV guys back in the, on the into Plus. the yeah. yeah. So rumor. we may still get That's more Mike Colder. I don't give a shit about Danny Rand. I mean, they can, can recast how, that shit. Geez, how, did they, re- how did they fuck up Iron Man? That was a so misstep. But how did they, he was a, Jessica a Jones. Actor. No, Jessica Jones was good. Fucking Daredevil was amazing. Punisher. John Bernathal is the Punisher. You know what? I still haven't finished Punisher. It was good. I gotta finish it. But it was good. He, he, you're, first of all, he's awesome. It's John Bernthal. Man, that's you want to talk about an actor who I didn't expect much from when I saw him on Walking Dead? Yeah. I, was just, I just thought he was just going to Oh, I hated him on The Walking oh, yeah, Dead. But you were supposed to. Yeah, you're supposed to. But I didn't, just as an actor, I didn't think much of him. But he has been in some great roles, man. Oh, yeah. He has been, he was great in um, Wolf of Wall Street. He and he's really movie. down to earth. Yeah, he did that movie with uh, The Rock. What was it? I think it was called Snitch. Oh, I don't know. I don't remember what it but he had, man, he's just, I just really like John Bernthal as an actor. And then with him playing The Punisher, that just was the ice. He's just a really good actor. Absolutely. And I swear to God, I feel like we could go on for another two yeah, hours talking about movies up, and huh? shit. But uh, <laughs> uh, this has been just a fascinating conversation and just a journey into the mind of Mr. Vaughn. Yeah, man, I'm glad to do it. I could, like I said, we could talk about this all day. But, man, man, I'm glad we could finally get to, get this done. I know we had this on the books for a while. So oh, yeah. I'm glad we could get it done. Man. And absolutely. And I still want to sit down and have another conversation with you. I know I wanted to get you into the episode about uh, uh, representation in pop culture and media. Yeah. And, and uh, Yeah, we'll have to put uh, a pin in that for next time. Absolutely. absolutely. 
I mean, that just gives us an opportunity to sit down again and talk yes, again. Yes, so, but uh, I want to thank you guys all for sticking around with our rambling conversation. We kind oh, man, of, if you listen to this whole thing, you're a trooper and you're a nerd. absolutely and you're a nerd, gold so. star nerd. <laughs> but uh, I want to thank you, and like I said, go check out Mr. Vaughn's YouTube channel. Find his uh, movie reviews; they are absolutely fantastic. Yeah, you can also follow me on all the social networks: Twitter. Uh, Instagram all that just google your boy Mr. Vaughn MR period VLN you know how we do and you can find him on Spotify he got all of his albums on Spotify correct and uh, definitely uh, definitely want to thank you for joining me today Mr. Vaughn thank you man I'm so glad to have him it's glad to be here man and thank you all for listening again like I said uh, I, I really enjoy the opportunity to get into your ear holes and kind of wax about uh, <laughs> about all the things I'm passionate about that's kind of why we're here yes indeed so uh like I always remind everybody at the end of every episode, everything is fandom, and fandom is everything. Y'all take care. Peace.